Hey, yes, it's James Arnold Taylor, the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and you're listening to Below the Belt. It's the Below the Belt show. Nice. The Below the Belt show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the Bad Boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Oh, I got a live one here. <laughs> On wax off. They're Yeah, that's right, guys. It's time for another episode of BTB Below the Belt Show in Mother Effin' House. I'm your host, Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto, your host with the most here for your weekly pleasure. My gosh, do we have an incredible show from top to the, the tippy tippy top to the rock rock bottom. <laughs> and it's uh, uh, it's partly uh, because of these amazing guest co-hosts that are joining us tonight let's start with that's right he is six foot eight and you can't teach that he is a sith lord he's one and only darth paul wallace i am a sith lord (laughs) that's right the sith lord is back and sith lord it's actually good to have you back on btb because uh tonight's Special interviews are interviews I conducted at Washington, D.C.'s Awesome Con, the oh, premier cool. Comic Con, yep, and the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi, the one and only James Arnold Taylor from Clone Wars, the voice cool. of Anakin and Skywalker from Clone Wars, the one and only Matt Lanter, and the puppeteer behind Nyan Numb. He was that alien co-pilot oh, of Lando Calrissian. Yeah. From Return of the Jedi. And he reprised his role, if you didn't know, oh, in man. the sequel trilogy. So Mike Quinn. So he was a puppet? I don't really even know he was a puppet. Nain Num was a puppet. He's a little bit smaller than the average uh, humanoid. Okay. Yeah, I thought he was so, just some uh, dude in the costume. Oh, that's that's interesting. Yeah, he kind of uh, operated the, that alien creature that... Uh, wasn't the most handsome alien, um, no. <laughs> but uh, definitely, definitely iconic and definitely memorable. So also joining us tonight, he is back by popular demand. He, we, I don't think for whatever reason, we haven't come up with a nickname for him yet, but uh, maybe, maybe we can finally come up with a nickname for him. The one and only filmmaker, photographer, actor, the one and only Simi Terrell. Yeah, and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> <laughs> we come up with a nickname, Simmy. Oh man, I can't. You can't give yourself a nickname; it just has to happen. Well, wait uh, a second. What about Simmy Pro? Because he's a pro, and his name's Simmy. Paul, <laughs> oh, for once, that's actually not bad. <laughs> you know what? Uh, if it sticks, I'll wear it. 
Semi-pro. <laughs> Semi-pro Terrell? Yeah, I like it. I, think, I can dig that. I can dig that. Yes, yeah, Simi, we uh, reached out to you to see if you wanted to cover Awesome Con in D.C. with us, but uh, you had other plans, but we would love to have had you. But uh, but I actually ran a solo solo show at Awesome Con and did interviews on my own. So Nice. You know, it's, it's it, they say it takes a village, but not, but not in my case. I was able to get it done. <laughs> You're your own so we, village. I'm my own village. <laughs> Uh, and those interviews are tonight. I figure it's all Star Wars. We got some Star Wars news. We got the Ahsoka trailer to talk about. A lot of stuff to talk about in the world of entertainment. But um, Simi, it's been a while. We've had Paul not too long ago, but Simi's been a while, been a minute. Um, what's the latest in your world? Oh man, uh, right now the actor strike. It it's looming, True. and yes, uh, it talks are breaking down. Actors are on one side, AI's on the other, and it's yeah. going to be a hell of a battle. You know what's well, crazy? I think that's going to, well, I think that's going to be bad too. I mean, just because I mean, people are already like actors are already selling their likenesses. Yeah. Yeah. And that's thing, you bringing know it, what I mean? Bringing it back to Star Wars, we all know that uh, James Earl Jones uh, gave his voice to. Uh, uh, Lucas oh, we have another Jones. guest to look like. I think, wow, I didn't even know. He's he's joining us by surprise. Um, but let's go. <laughs> I guess we'll go ahead and introduce him. He didn't say he was joining tonight. He said he said he'd rather watch Mission Impossible 7. Yes. Which, uh, so obviously he didn't like Mission Impossible very much. <laughs> but I'm guessing he just got out of the theater. Uh, that's right, my co-host extraordinaire, the king of the 80s, the one and only Chachi McFly. Are you doing another mobile join? Another mobile via satellite. Via <laughs> you you did this uh you did this before I recall you just saw a movie and I recall it was a very very similar uh call into BTV um and uh I, I we're gonna go to the writer strip but you're just fresh out of the theater seeing you're probably no, how was it was it good because I almost saw that instead of Indiana Jones but I want to wait to see Indiana Jones well uh, Mr. Impossible Mission Impossible actually just dropped tonight. Tonight it's the first day. That no, no, it, it was a, it was at the theater last night. I could have went last night. It, it was in the theater last night. Oh wow! Yeah. It was an early screening. I early screening. Was, okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Which is weird having it, you know, even come out on a Tuesday night. Most of them wait until. Yeah, Thursday. yeah. Cinemark, as I said, I Cinemark had tickets available, and I was like, eh, Indiana Jones. Yeah, no. I, I chose Indiana Jones because he wanted me to see Indiana Jones, but I could have got a pen and a poster if I wanted to see Mission Impossible. Wow. Well, you um, chose poorly. Did I? <laughs> oh, because yeah, I think you're, I did. You're, you're, alluding to, you're alluding to Mission Impossible being the far superior movie of the two. I guess it's safe yeah. to assume, Chachi, Maybe, that Mission Impossible was the superior movie. I thought so, yeah. I mean, unfortunately for Indiana Jones, I thought it was definitely superior. Uh, I think Tom Cruise just likes to put out kick-ass movies, and he likes to make the fans happy. And I think it worked. I mean, there was like no agenda in the movie. You know, there's just like, yeah, and like, even the women in the movie are just. Well, see, that's what Hollywood needs to do. They just need to cater to fans, not the not what they want to put out the agenda. You know what I mean? Exactly. And you saw how much money that Top Gun Two made. And I thought it was, Top Gun Two was like one of the best sequels that yep. has come out what? in like a long it time. Was. Now, when and, you say no was, agenda, and it was yeah. a long time coming out too. Yeah, that that right. movie, Mission Impossible, was a long time coming out. Or are you talking about alluding to Maverick? Uh, actually, both of them. Uh, yeah, Maverick, I, I, too. 
Maverick, yeah, Maverick was the best longer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Maverick yeah. was longer. Okay. Because, yeah, because Maverick uh, was done, and then they, then COVID hit, and they, they were like, let's just show it for a year. Yeah, that's oh, interesting. Yeah. This, this is when my, uh, this is when Tom Cruise is going through his uh, his uh, his COVID rants, you know, when when people didn't have masks because <laughs> because oh, he was, was, yeah, was I remember Impossible? that was I believe that was Mission Impossible, yeah, okay. because it was yeah. the height of COVID was being shot and uh, and uh, he it, wasn't fucking yeah. around. Well, for all of that, you know, I definitely agree with um, Tom Cruise for that, you know, because back then it was spreading like rapidly, and then true you know, somebody had it. Obviously, they had to yeah. like, you know, they couldn't work, and you know, the production got shut down. It'll cost you know millions and millions of dollars for the production, you know. So I don't blame Tom Cruise for getting upset, you know, like you're the major star in there. Yeah, that's. And I'm sure his, I'm sure he, you know he's tied to like um his pay's tied to like the um you know profits of the movie, so I'm sure he had a lot at stake for the movie too. Yeah. But um, but yeah, yeah, you, you're saying about the agenda or whatever. Like, I really think that. Indiana Jones had an agenda, you know, especially with Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. Um, really? Yeah, and I, like, who was the main woman? In, the main woman, Indiana Jones, was her name. Phoebe Waller Bridge, who's best known as I Fleabag. Fleabag. Mm-hmm. Waller Fleabag, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fleabag. And I, you know, I wasn't. You know, I didn't really think, you know, like a lot of people complained before the movie came out, saying that, you know, like she was upstaging Indiana Jones, and and I, I wasn't. She was too trying concerned. to. Yeah, I wasn't too concerned about that, you know, uh, because. You know, the past movies had a lot of you know, strong women in there. Yeah. I just thought her whole, her being in the movie, I thought took away from what the movie could have been. I mean, the movie should have been Indiana Jones and Short Round, and that should have been the movie. You could have yeah. easily have spun off, you know, a new um, movie with Short Round and have him be the main star and had yeah. kind of like Indiana Jones cast a baton. It would have made a perfect sense. The agenda was... Yeah, the agenda was of Kathleen Kennedy wants some strong female to, to have the baton passed to. And that's okay. why you got this character, and the character really, you know, wasn't likable. Nothing was like about likable about her. Even her her sidekick, um, what's his name? Um, short Brown was that his name? Yeah, yeah, sidekick. he's a short. He, he he's her short round. That's what it is. Short, yeah. No, no, no. Short, short Short Brown was his name, right? Was that his name? That sounds racist. I don't, I, I don't recall his name, but the dude—how did the hell did he know how to fly out of nowhere? But he was like, if you remember in the in the casino, he was like hanging out with the pilots, yeah. and he was like pretending how to fly. Yeah, yeah well, okay. you know, so, okay. at least at least short short round. The other movie was likable and stuff. Short short brown. This guy, he was not likable at all. Was he was he mentally challenged? Was that his deal in the movie? Oh, well, I mean, key who won? He won. It's now an adult, and I believe when they were filming Indiana Jones, this this was probably before the, his his popularity spike from. Uh, but he was still an actor, and he still wanted to act. You know, apparently, so he was, he was in yeah. um, the last yeah. movie. So like, they I agree. And, and, they yeah. dropped the ball and not bringing he won. And I I actually thought it was going to be in like a post credits or maybe a cameo. I so too. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was hoping they were they kept that on lock and key, but they did not. And I was like, so because yeah, they brought everybody yeah. else back. They brought Salah back. They brought uh, his wife back. They brought uh, yep. well, I yep. probably shouldn't have said the wife because that might be a spoiler. But um, but they brought uh, yeah. they brought the <laughs> captain guy back. It's been two weeks. Some phone's been out. Yeah, yeah. And, and and even that poor guy. Um, what's the guy from the other movies? That um, Egyptian guy. Salah. Yeah, he yeah, was just kind of like yeah, just yeah. cameo. Yeah, he was like, I'm a cab driver. I'm in the I'm I'm in the U.S. now. I don't want to do anything. Yeah, he or he wanted like, to do something. Know, they were like, "Hey, we're just pushing this side." Yeah, 
Indy, all I, want, all I want for my life right now is to go on one more adventure with you. And, and Indiana Jones is kind of like, ah, no, it's okay. You know, it's, it's kind of like a weird yep. scene. It's like, he really wanted to go with Indy one more time, but instead, like, no, no, you know, I'd rather go with this annoying woman instead, okay? Instead of my good friend who I've known for like, it's God, like 40 it's years. God's daughter. It, I do like Philip Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I didn't find her as annoying as you guys did, but um, well, I, I, well, she was mean. She actually like was berating Indiana Jones, and they said it was worse, but they had cut some of that stuff out to kind of tone it down some because it got such bad reviews in the well, test. At the end, at the end, she was kind of like um, getting the, the the baton passed, and audience the audiences that saw the sneak preview hated it. That's all. Oh, I heard it, at the end, Indiana Jones actually died too, like in the original script too. So okay, so like yeah, when he got shot, he actually died. I wouldn't mind if he stood, if he stayed back in the past, and then you saw like somebody else, and it could have even been short round in, in the future, like discovering like Indiana Jones's body, and maybe you know, and his yeah. body still had the um, the time travel um, dial, you know, yeah. that way Indiana Jones actually became like a ancient artifact himself, you know, like I don't know, it could have worked, but you know, instead, you know, I thought Harrison Ford did a fine job. I mean, I wasn't. Too upset with the, the aging stuff they did in the beginning because I'd rather see that than see another Dude, actor how like great, young Indiana Jones. How great was that technology? Oh my God, it, well, it was like industrial light and magic. Him, yeah, besides him running on the train, which looked super awkward and fake, uh, okay, the rest yeah. of it was fine. It was kind of weird that it, like a lot of the scenes still had his um his current voice with the de-aged face, so it was like he had this yeah. real young yeah. face and like this old man voice, and that was kind of You're really right. weird. You're right. That's know that's why. weird. You know, because yeah, when they, they brought back pick out the audio Mark Hamill, from the, yeah, when they brought Mark Hamill and the Mandalorian, spoiler, but that's been a few years already. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they they actually had a um, they used uh, I believe an AI technology to replicate his younger voice because but, right. but, this, but now you guys are getting into what like Semi was saying like about the strike. This is what we have to be careful of because they won't need actors. They could keep have, having Harrison Ford do all kind of. Kinds of Indiana okay. Jones adventures with a AI. It's like you need to be careful about that. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah that's why I, think, I think something like that an actor and the or the estate need to sign off and that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, they if, do, if, but the if, thing if, is, as I said, it's like, but, but but what's going to stop? Hey, like if everybody wants a young Marlon Brando in every film, it's like young Marlon Brando is going to be the star of every film because he's like the greatest actor of all time, and and mm. people are just going to use him. You know what I mean? It, it's so they won't need me you or anybody else yeah it's kind of a weird premise because then like you know they put him in a bad movie you know, that might have been a movie that he wouldn't have chosen if he was alive yeah wow. so kind of like hearts his legacy i don't know but yeah definitely go see uh, mission impossible like it's part one of two uh, part two is coming out next year you know and tom cruise oh, that's good stunt and does an amazing job i don't know how the 60 year old does all this However old he is now, I think he's around sixty. And he wants so to keep he's working. Just, he's just a, he wants you to know keep working. You know what the sad thing is? Yeah. <laughs> I saw a picture of him and his son. He looks older. And he looks younger than his son. <laughs> yeah. Whatever kind of Scientology is doing to him, it's working. Scientology. I'm ready, I'm ready, right. I'm ready, to, I'm ready to sign up. Whatever he's got going on there. I, yes, I think it's the money. The money. The money? Yeah, it might, might be the money. But yeah, but something like Madonna's, you know, super rich, and look at her face. Uh, oh yeah! <laughs> wow. <laughs> so Dead Reckoning is getting universal praise for the credits. Hold on, Dad, wait, wait a second. They could yeah. do another uh, mask movie. Remember that they had that movie in the eighties called Mask? I think Madonna would be yeah. great for that movie. Yeah, Eric Stoltz. Yeah. That's messed stuff, guys. <laughs> Madonna, man, she's a legend, I still, guys. I, I still love Madonna. Yeah. I mean, All right. 
this is stuff she did to herself, you know, with the yeah. Yeah. Too. Well, yes. Yeah, so this is the Dead Reckoning Part One obviously will be the number one movie for the box office next week, and the, the critics re- and the critics reviews are amazing. It's ninety eight percent, matching wow. that, matching that of Maverick. That's crazy. Wow, that yeah. is crazy. And they say that the uh, Top Gun is the best uh, action. What is it? Uh, series and longest running so far. Mission Impossible, you mean? Uh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You are correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. The longest running one. Yeah. And I'm not even like a huge Mission Impossible fan. Yeah. You know, like I watch them and I enjoy them, but like, yeah, right. Pleasantly surprised. Especially, well, especially since they this. threw the TV show out the window. Remember, they took Peter Graves and made him the bad guy. So it's like that means all the early ones made no sense at all. I don't remember that now. Yeah, the first okay. movie, Peter Graves was in there, and they I think he was a traitor, and he turned out to be the bad guy. So that means all the good stuff he did in the past was all kind of like negated. He was wow. playing the same character, was he? Yeah. Okay. No, I don't yeah, so in the very first one, Peter Graves like betrays the team because it was supposed to be a shock, I guess. Because I mean, since he was the good guy in, in the entire series. Yeah, I never watched the TV series. I'm way too young. Um, I watched it on reruns. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so, Tom, so Tom Cruise obviously is the, the star of this film, but uh, Haley Atwell's in it, Rebecca Ferguson, Isai oh. Morales, Ving Rhames, Simon Pegg. Oh, wow. Yeah, Rams, yeah. Everybody. Haley, is uh, Simon Pegg writing it for it, too? Because I know he's a big writer. I don't. I don't, I don't think how, how he wrote. Haley is. Haley, you like Haley Atwell? I like Vanessa Kirby. Vanessa Kirby. Yeah. What was the main character? Yeah. Well, they're they're both they're both leads. I'm not sure which one you're alluding to. Okay. Okay. So which? Um, I haven't seen the film yet, but uh, I'm just reading the cast list off. But I love Vanessa Kirby. I mean, yeah, well, oh, she's amazing too, of course. Yeah. Yeah. What was Vanessa, what was Vanessa Kirby in before? Let's see. Which one was in Captain America? Oh, the Haley well, Atwell. Haley Atwell. Yeah. Oh, she, yeah, she, yeah. She's smoking hot in the movie. Yeah. You, yeah. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. It, it's like <laughs> she's she's way too hot. Like Disney never would put her in the movie. Um, oh wow. Like, okay, she's like too hot. They put her in Captain America, Josh. I mean. Yeah. yeah, but that that was like phase one though. I hear you. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, that's before this current. This current crop of Disney executives got a hold. All right. Well, you'll be surprised that uh, the number one movie um, over the weekend was not Indiana Jones, guys. It was Insidious: The Red Door. Can you believe it? That's insane. That I mean, means it, on, well, it only. Well, actually, wait. One... There's another film that made even more money than that. But should I bring that up or no? Well, we'll bring it up. Uh, well, you're. I mean, yeah. Look, well, I think Shotzi knows the... what movie I'm talking about, but I think you know I, your movie, but I don't think it. I, I don't think it had the overall weekend haul. But I think it, it, it did surpass at some point. But Insidious Red Door opened to three thirty two point seven million uh, oh, for the for the, the past weekend. And week which, number two. Uh, that's say, right. Like, if you ever thought like Indiana Jones would get beat by an Insidious movie in week number two, that. that's pretty sad. Yes. So it's the sophomore outing, um, and it's a uh, twenty six point five million. Um, wait, wait uh, a second. It's not a sophomore. There's been a lot of Insidious movies, hasn't there? Oh, it's our sophomore outing as in its second week. Sophomore outing as a second week. Okay, yeah, because I was like, like, there's a ton of Insidious movies. 
So, I mean, yeah, $26.5 million is what Indy made over the week, over this past weekend. Uh, and so bad for Harrison yeah. Ford. I mean, he worked his ass off in that movie at his age. I mean, I get my hat off to him. Um, you know, it's not his fault. It's the writing and it's the story. Exactly. Exactly. But even like even a time travel aspect, there's a time travel machine that supposedly the Nazis made back in the day called the Bell. Why didn't they go with that direction and use a say the dial was part of that machine and it would like kind of go into the actual more lore than the antikythera me- mechanism, which nobody knows what it actually really does. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Kind of like the um, you know, like the I um, the arc and the um. Yeah, so, so I mean, as I said, if it's actually a real artifact that does something that they think that might actually, I mean, it's as I said, it's all speculation, but at least that was something that was supposedly a time machine that the Nazis were working on. That would have made more sense to have that thing than the anti-Cathedral mechanism. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the, there's a lot of lot of, uh, lot of of questions. It def- definitely did raise a lot of questions, but I'm going to get to the film you're alluding to, Paul. The number three film is uh, Sound of Freedom. So this is, um, we didn't get much press in the mainstream media, yeah. but... Uh, no, it's got it bad cra- press because I mean, people don't like, because uh, like apparently MSNBC doesn't like it, so they've been like saying it's a Republican movie, or a, uh, yeah, conservative it's, it's conser- movie when it's not. It's conservative-leaning. Um, it's crowdfunded. Uh, did I really it's well. conservative-leaning. I, I watched the movie. It's not like, I mean, it's not really like religious. It's not really like, it's okay. about a true thing about child trafficking. Yeah, yeah, well, that's something both uh, parties can get behind. You know, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. And it's well, maybe it's the actor involved is Jim Caziel, who was uh, the star of The Passion of the Christ, perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah, but does that make him conservative because he was Jesus? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Jesus was conservative. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But it did very, very well. Um, in the first yeah. weekend, I think it opened uh, to 40 million. So, four, so, so it's collected 40 millions after six yeah. days of release. Yeah, so, see, I wanted to see the first weekend. It was, uh, I don't know if you went to see it the first weekend. It was sold out. I mean, it actually said, like, people, and people were, like, asking for tickets, and it was already sold out. I was like, that's crazy. Yeah, I saw it on Sunday, and it was a small theater, but it was sold out. Um, wow. And this, is, this is the movie that, that um, 20th Century Fox actually had when Disney bought it, and Disney didn't want to release it. Well, that shows you Disney. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So Disney could have had Disney could have made money on the film. Instead, they put all this money into Indiana Jones and lost money on the film. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But hey, they have two films in the in the top five. Paul, the Elemental, which is Pixar and Disney, was a number four movie. That's doing horrible. Yeah, but I mean, or I mean, they're they're out there money taken in, but they're never going to make their money back. They're going to lose money on them. That's. I mean, don't yeah, get me wrong. Money people see on, like, every film now. Mm-hmm. Yep, and rounding out the top five, Little Mermaid. They, yeah, they did. They sadly didn't. They didn't live up to it. Um, the hype of the Little Mermaid and um, several other Disney films. But rounding out the top five is Spider Man. They should have called, called it like Little Mermaid and had a little Kim star as as a Little Mermaid. <laughs> oh, I want to see that. All right, rounding out the top five. If I can finish <laughs> top five, guys, is Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. So that is not a yeah, Disney film. That does as a Marvel film, but it's not under the Disney umbrella. It's a, a Sony film. Uh, so that's the top five. Yeah, that wasn't. Well, see, Sony's not woke. And that, again, like, look, you have a really diverse cast in that. And that was actually good. It's like, yeah, how it's like 
Disney tries to do diverse cast and it's lousy, but Sony does a diverse cast and it's actually really good. Everybody liked it. I haven't heard one complain uh, about that. Yeah, it was the black woman in um, Indiana Jones, black um, woman character. Yeah, she did. Uh, I I know you were talking about the the CIA agent. I forget her name. Her character was pointless and that was kind of shoehorn in there and it made no sense. Yep. And it didn't need to be in the movie except for like some kind no, of forced she, diversity. She had, she had her moments. I mean, no, she had a significant role in the beginning. Yeah, uh, it, she was put in there just to, to show that they had her in there and then, and then die uh, off instead uh, of being uh, like a real character. Uh, uh, no. Unlike unlike the um, Spider-Verse where it's a super diverse cast and, and all the um, yeah. voice actors and characters made sense. Okay. Yeah, that's. I mean, see that. See that's how you do it. You you don't try to push agendas. You just let stuff flow naturally, and it works better. Okay. Yeah, diversity. Diversity in films are fine. Just have the characters make sense. Like nobody complains mm-hmm. about the diversity in Cobra Kai. Even though it's a very diverse show, yeah. because all the characters make sense and they're built up. You know, they're not just in there because they're a certain ethnicity or color or whatever. Okay. Yeah, I mean. uh that is one way of looking at it. Well, one one film that's very very diverse is Barbie, uh, and Barbie, uh, as you know, is going to have a bunch of uh, different Barbies within the movie of all different um, shapes and sizes and, and ethnicities, and that's yep. the big movie coming up uh, alongside Oppenheimer. So, baby, basically, you're getting the blonde <laughs> versus the bomb. So, the bomb blonde bombshell versus the atomic yes. bomb. <laughs> um, see, see, you know, I, I don't know if I would be want to be Christopher Nolan because can you imagine he could be like I spent all this time making this great movie and then lost out to Barbie. <laughs> you know, one of those films should have just should have dropped the following weekend, but for whatever reason they're dropping yeah. on the same day, July twenty first, and apparently well, two very different audiences. Very different audiences. They already sold twenty thousand um, tickets on um, pre pre sold tickets on AMC. Although, uh, you know what? Barbie's going to be a lot better since they switched the main lead from Amy Schumer. Because I think Amy Schumer would have taken that movie. Oh, yeah. That, that, was, that would have been a complete, complete disaster. Christopher Nolan would have been all about it. Because, you know, he would have... He would have been like, hey, I'm going up against yeah. Amy Schumer. I could be her. Who's going to be number one? Do you think it would be Barbie or do you think it will be Oppenheimer? I'm, I'm sure so. it's going to be Barbie. Because Barbie, Barbie has the hype. Barbie. They have the media tour. They have, like... They even have shows about making the Barbie house. It's like, Barbie's probably going to... No, Barbie, Barbie has like a, a 50 year or maybe longer. I don't know how long it is. Um, you know, fan base built into it. Yeah, you know, all a these cult following women who who grew up playing Barbies. You know, and I'll see this for uh, Margot Robbie. I don't care. Not you know, just that, but, they, but they yeah, collected them. They had a, a entire fan base, and I'm not sure how many followers the Atomic Bomb has. Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Comic yeah. bomb, even though yeah. as a ama- an amazing cast, how many fans are of the Atomic Bomb, despite it sounding amazing? Oh, sadly, so. Putin would watch it because he likes the Atomic Bomb. <laughs> I mean, if he gets any ideas about justifying the use, I mean, he can pull them straight from the movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they have the... Um, 
most people don't, don't know history anyways, and they probably don't know anything about the atomic bomb. Yeah, probably not. It's good, like you but said. But the thing is, that, here's the thing though, with that show, that movie also is like they made the TV show on AMC. I remember watching it about. It, it was basically about Oppenheimer, but it was more about the town, but still Oppenheimer was in it. So it's basically the same yeah. thing. It's like, so if you watch that TV show, I forget what it was called. It was the name of the town where they were, where they built the bomb. But it was, as I said, it's been done before. Well, this is a big budget movie by Christopher Nolan versus a series, a documentary series on AMC. So no, it wasn't a documentary. It was like a okay. like scripted series. Oh, it was a scripted series. Yeah. Yeah. I, I forget what it was called. What? Yeah. Um, well, they had the Barbie premiere in Los Angeles, so I guess they're still going to promote movies despite the strike, uh, impending strike, that is. Um, they're still I hope gonna... we don't have a strike, because, I mean, I think that, I think it's going to go bad if we do go, go on strike. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit, but um, they had the big premiere. Well, they should and... promote a well, well, movie, because it has nothing to do with the um, strike. I mean, yeah, exactly. Any, um, yeah. Well, the, now, the strike's going to affect why, the future product. Yeah, but why should you penalize people who made this movie and put a lot of work into it and talk right. with this movie? Yep. You know, why why penalize them because the strike's going on now? Yeah, yep. it should be it should be future projects that only affected and anything that's exactly. and and anything that has you know a premiere coming up should not should not be affected. Surprisingly enough, Margot Robbie, as stunning as she is, did not wear pink to the premiere in Los Angeles. She wore a black dress. Um, okay. uh, reminiscence of uh, Barbie's solo. In the spotlight outfit, um, oh, that's cool. I guess there's a, spe- a specific Barbie that's called Solo in the spotlight. Wait, is that black dress? I think the first Barbie ever made was in a black dress. I believe that's. Yeah, I think that's what you're alluding that's to. Yeah. With, with sequins. Well, that and probably everybody else and their brother was wearing pink, so she was like, "I want to stand out." <laughs> that's it was probably a tight, like a long dress, like probably down, like I think it was like down, like past the knees. But you're right. Kind of like hourglass type of. Okay. It, it's that's exactly what she wore. She looked amazing. I'm looking at the red okay, carpet. Yeah. Um, and then of course Ryan Gosling. Yeah. It's a beautiful nod to it. Um Ryan Gosling, of course, wearing pink. Um in a pink suit. Um with different shades of pink. Dua Lipa on the red carpet, who is definitely one of my favorites in the music industry as far as contemporary artists. Oh, yeah. Holy oh, yeah. F. Look at look at a red carpet pick. She's literally throwing her ass off on the red carpet underneath her, her dress. Looking absolutely amazing um yeah definitely worth looking at um i mean Nicki minaj yeah you know she tried to tried to show it off but i don't know i wasn't really feeling her look um um yeah she's in the well she's in the soundtrack okay. yeah oh okay um billy eilish i thought she was going for the like going up out of the uh, baggy clothes but she she wasn't as as, as uh, stunning on the red carpet as you would expect it because she wore like the big baggy pants, the baggy shirt, and the pink tie. Uh, enough, enough with all that. Okay, enough yeah. with that baggy shit. She she yeah. got out of that, that that look for a while, and then she went back to it, you know. Yeah. Um, because yeah, some of her fans were giving her shit about it. Like we don't want you hot because we're frumpy. We want you to be frumpy too, so we, we can relate. Well, to see, you. see the thing is, but it's I like mean, hey, if you, it's like who. Well, then again, they also said that too. They said like, did you hear about what they said on Joe Rogan? MSNBC said uh, to be in shape is to be right wing. It's like that doesn't make sense. Oh yeah, like going to the gym or something. They were saying. Yeah, yeah. Joe Joe Rogan that tweeted that out, and he he was like, 
he was like, why wouldn't NBC say that? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That is weird. Uh, yeah, I know a lot of conservative fat people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. look, I have the Trump supporters. They are all... <laughs> uh, Gal Gadot looked the opposite of that shot. She looked amazing. Uh, she plays a f- uh, pop culture female icon in the movie. So she looked amazing. America Ferrera. I didn't know, know Gal was even in the movie. Yeah, yeah I know. they had a star studded cast, too. Dude, they loaded it up with hot women. <laughs> um, but you know what? I bet you all those women grew up with Barbies, and they were like, "Hey, I would glad, gladly, yeah, gladly do it for less money." You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, so just like Samuel L. Jackson did Star Wars for almost nothing because he likes Star Wars. It's like the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you have to. I mean, sometimes uh, yeah. the diverse cast in the movie because you know all the Barbies. You know, under yep. the name Barbie, they have all these different like ethnic-looking Barbies. Yeah, yeah, Simu Lu being one of them, who, uh, one of the Kens. Yeah. His uh, red carpet uh, look had, yeah, so the, of course he's Shang Chi. Very odd red red carpet look for him. Like uh, he had these like uh, odd pockets, like a pocket vest. I don't know how to describe that particular look. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, whatever reason, Chola Duenya. October Kachachi, he was in the red carpet too. And uh he is not in uh he is not in uh Barbie, but he is he made his presence uh on the red carpet. And um Paul, you'll be happy to know that Liv Morgan, Scarlett Bordeaux, and Karrion Cross from WWE were in attendance of the premiere okay. as well. So uh, they're uh, making their presence of you know the WWE presence. Uh you know what's weird? I'm surprised uh Bo Dallas wasn't there because it wasn't Bo Dallas seeing Liv Morgan for a while. That's a good question. I'm not sure if they're still together, but uh, maybe they didn't know who he was because <laughs> he's not on TV. <laughs> so they're like, oh, I don't well, know. He's Uncle guys. Howdy now, I think, isn't he? Is he a, did they confirm he's Uncle Howdy? I don't even know if he's uh, he's uh, <laughs> he's on the you know, paid roster right now. No, he's know. on the okay. roster, but I, I thought the rumor was he was Uncle Howdy. That's what I saw. I don't think did they ever confirmed that. I think he, I think he was, yeah. But but you'll be happy to know also John Cena also uh, does a cameo in the Barbie movie as well. Oh, okay. so, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean I'm looking forward to it. I think it will be fun. A lot of people are doing the um, the double feature weekend. You'll see both in one weekend. That'll probably be me. I don't know if I'll see both movies in the same day. But um, yeah, I think that's a weird. Man, see, that, that, that's like a right? weird thing to watch. It's like you're watching one happy type of comedy movie, and then you're watching a thing about the atomic bomb. I think that's a weird mix. Yeah, like if you if you're hard watching both movies, then you have issues. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I honestly wow. thought about watching Mission Impossible after I watched. Uh, what you call was a little late, so I decided not to because I mean I think there was another showing after Indiana Jones, but I was like I, I just don't want to watch two movies in a row. Well, it was almost a three-hour movie, yeah. so I was just saying uh, Al, I was a fan of Dua Lipa before I saw the red carpet picks, but um, wow, wow, <laughs> I'm gonna have to check those picks out. Everybody, yeah, please I pull that up now. Look at Dua Lipa on the red carpet of Barbie. Holy shit! Now, now I am a supporter of her right to. Uh, just be yourself. Uh, yeah. Be yourself. Do whatever <laughs> the heck she wants, right? Oh my God, is she hot? Um, so the red I'm carpet for the world premiere. <laughs> oh, or, oh yeah, I was right. Look at that. 
was, yeah, love, job. love Dua Lipa. Um, so the, the premiere from the back. That's the one from the back, buddy. <laughs> Good. I don't see. The, I don't see the one from the back. I see the one from the front. Okay. Yeah. Look for the one from the back. Yeah. The, you'll you'll get right. to it. Right. I'll I'll find it. Oh, there, there it there, is. There it is. Oh, oh God bless. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let me download this picture. Oh, okay, that's he's gonna have to pull okay. off to the side of the road, isn't he? So, but sometimes I like the all guys panel, so we can we can uh, comment <laughs> and stuff like this. Because sometimes when we have a female co-host, we kind of pull back once in think, a while. I don't you know? think it holds us back. I don't think it holds us back. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're just being ourselves, guys. I want to I be in a Barbie world now. Yeah, you want to be in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the Oppenheimer premiere was in Paris. It was not in Los Angeles. Um, Cillian Murphy, I thought, it, Blunt. I thought it'd be in Japan. You thought it'd be oh, <laughs> right, too, right, soon. Right. too soon. Oh, too soon. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> okay. Robert Downey Jr. and Matt Damon walked <laughs> in Paris. Um, yeah, I mean that's a heck, heck of a cast they have assembled for that one. So I'm really, really looking forward to see this one. And of course, the same night that drops on the 21st. We got some amazing uh, movie news, stuff that's going to keep coming up soon. Um, Wow. The Wonka trailer was a feast for the eyes, guys. Um, It definitely gave me some vibes of the original um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory film. Um, You mean not like the child molester looking at one with Johnny Depp? Oh wow! Holy! I, I swear he—that's what he looked like to me. I mean, I, I just was expressed. like, I don't want that guy anywhere near any kids. I mean, he's okay. So I did go back. Paul Wallace. I did go back and watch. Yes. I did go back and watch the original one. The original one's good. But he's not creepy. Again, like, watching it again through a different lens, it's really creepy. Oh, is it? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The original film. Isn't it as creepy as the Johnny Depp one, though? Because Johnny Depp really, like, no. made it. No. He nailed that one. <laughs> <laughs> not, not literally. Right. Yeah, I yeah. hope not. I hope not. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but Wonka, did, did anyone see the trailer? It looked fantastic. Uh, I think Timothy Chalamet is the perfect actor. I mean, he's kind of like the yeah. kid actor right now, but... We can see him as a younger Gene Wilder. You know, he kind of has that, yeah. has that. You know, you can kind of believe it. You know, there's a little change of the Oompa Loompas. They're smaller than the um the Oompa Loompas in the original right, film. Yeah. So I think and also it's Hugh Grant. And it's Hugh Grant, but I think the reason is that they didn't want to use little people, so this way they can use okay. CG Oompa Loompas and not offend any of the the you know. The vertically challenged but, that were. But wasn't what's his name complaining about that? Uh, Hornswoggle, because he he like when uh, Peter Dinklage complained about that, he was like that takes jobs away from us. We we look forward to those. Yeah, jobs. yeah. Hornswoggle was about it, but like Peter Dinklage was against it. That's why they're no longer doing the seven dwarves. I think it'll be like the seven creatures or something. They're not going to be dwarves anymore. Yeah, yeah. Another didn't even get it's going to lose money. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> When you uh, have the seven creatures instead of the seven doors in a Snow White and the Seven Doors movie, how can you possibly make money? Yeah. Well, plus you then you have also a Hispanic woman playing Snow White when her name is Snow White. <laughs> right. Well, come on now. That's... <laughs> she is. She is. Oh, Long you're cold. too controversial, man. You're way too controversial. That's not really controversial. That's common sense. 
I, you know what I mean? It's I don't know. As a fan, I'm not racist at all. I, I, don't, I, mean, I don't even know. I mean, the original premise uh, was her skin was white as snow or whatever. Yeah. You know, snow white. What Darth Rachel Zegler is a very beautiful but, woman. So but I'm well aware of that. But I mean, but, she, but the, as I said, the original one was her. The, 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 she got the name Snow White because her skin was so white. I mean, don't get me wrong. She's probably she's a great actress. And I think she would be good in a lot of things. But it just doesn't make sense to put her in a Snow White movie. You know what I mean? Uh, well, yeah. If I saw uh, her. If I, if I saw her unconscious, uh, I don't know. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, if I, had to save her, if I had to save her life from an evil curse, is what I'm saying. Oh, oh, oh okay. 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 Glad you cleared that yeah. up. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, Woo! exactly. I thought we were going all Wonka here. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so the story of the, the Wonka movie is, uh, follows the adventures of young Willy Wonka, including how he met those Oompa Loompas, which is pretty cool. Okay. And, uh yeah, cool. yeah, um, I think it's really he actually, actually, it, met, he actually met the Oompa Loompas like uh, midget wrestling. I heard <laughs> we will that true? wait, and we will it. wait and see. Speaking of short people, right. um, the Napoleon trail <laughs> just dropped a uh, good segue, right? But the thing is, is that Joaquin Phoenix is not a short guy, but Napoleon yeah. historically was a short guy. No, no, well, actually, I don't, no, think, no, I don't know, historically, I don't think he, he was as short as they said short. he was. I thought that was something that was just a Urban legend. Maybe I'm wrong. No, he he wasn't short. Is actually they they started saying that to kind of like demonize him and make him uh, less oh, of, oh, of like a threat or whatever. I see. So he was actual average size. Uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was about five. Let me Google six, make sure. What they okay, five six. Okay, so that's. that's well, that's about what they were back then because people weren't very average, tall back then. It's average size, yeah. Remember, but George Washington was like a giant, and because he was like what six. What was he, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, something like that? And he was considered a giant. I don't know. Five, five, I'm seeing 5'2", five, 5'6". Yeah. Five, you know what? He, he had five, a short six, temper. I'm like he... Yeah, definitely had a short temper. Sure, definitely now, a short now, temper. Now, if you did want to use somebody who was <laughs> shorter, you could use Tom Cruise in that role. Uh, <laughs> probably so. They've been clo- probably closer to the actual Napoleon. But, dude, if you saw the trailer... Walking Phoenix acting chops. Don't forget, he is an incredible actor. Yep. I mean, he, his Joker portrayal was, was off the great. This, this particular, um, from you know, what I can see in the trailer, I think he's going to like nail it again. He's going to knock it out of the park with his acting. Um, and seeing this, um, you know, it's, it's, I mean, he's it's, such a good actor. He filled, uh, he uh, fooled uh, David Letterman twice. Right. <laughs> And he's working with Ridley Scott. That? Like he, he, he said he quit acting and acted like all goofy on the one show and the dollar show. Oh, he said, oh, yeah, I'm getting married. I'm happy to get married. And then he was like, no, nah, I just said that just to mess with him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I right. The bigger he gets, the more I think I should have uh, been his ass double. for. Yeah, Chachi, why, don't you, why don't you, um, <laughs> why don't you uh, reacquaint uh, <laughs> all in uh, the audience and Simeon that about story. that story? Well, I, tr- I uh, submitted to be an extra on Outer 49 when it filmed here in Baltimore, oh, you know, had, had um, you know, John Travolta was the main star, and Joaquin Phoenix was in there too, and was cool. very, you know, less known at the time, you know, than he is now. And it was a movie about firefighters, and they called me and they wanted me to to audition to be his uh, ass double. And, How do you audition um, for that? Well, well what, what they were gonna do, they they said they wanted. Um, I think it said maybe six different guys to stand there and for Joaquin Phoenix to choose which ask he wanted <laughs> to portray him 
and it was going to be like a shower scene or something. And like, I'm like, huh? I'm, I'm like, I think you have to there with like a sock on yourself and stuff. And like, yeah, that's what you do for a lot of nude scenes. But he he insisted on seeing was, the asses yeah. in person and not a photo. The photo wasn't good enough. I'm not sure. Yeah. Maybe it maybe would have been a photo, but but he was the one that was going to be selecting it. I'm not sure if they just put it all together and took photos and then showed it to him, or he saw it. Yeah. See, you know what? That's when I would delegate my role to somebody else. I was like, hey, if you want to choose my ass double, go ahead, dude. I I don't want to look at some dude's asses. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, what well, do I, do I get time to work out for a while first? And you know, they're like, no, no. I get some like, squats. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. So you, you know, got you got like, cold feet or, or cold cheeks, so to speak. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, if I was like a big star, I wouldn't want, you know, me, no. uh, someone like me to betray my ass. So, like, okay. but, but the, but, but the think about, never, think about that. Like, movie. thing you could say, like, I mean, you would have that as like a legendary thing you could have in every resume. I was walking Phoenix's ass, though. Oh, my God. That, that, that would be, be a great I'd, record. I'd a t shirt walking around with it on there. Yeah. I'd <laughs> the Joker's ass. ass. The Joker's ass. Yeah. Right. Well, the thing the about Joaquin, yes. Joaquin. <laughs> well, can you imagine doing Lipa's uh, ass double? How much fame she would get? No, she doesn't need an ass double because oh. she's so proud of her ass. She'll show it off herself, you know. But uh, Ridley Scott, as you know, is directing Gladiator. Oh, sorry, is the, is directing Napoleon. As you know, they work together in Gladiator and Kingdom yeah. of Heaven. Oh yeah. So they're they're you know very familiar, kind of like the Scorsese. Um, yep. Leo DiCaprio phenomenon. I guess they like, you know, they know the actors that they like working with, and yep. and um, that's going to drop in November um, of this year, and that's going it's going to have a theatrical release, and then it's going to go on uh, Apple TV. Oh, that's cool. So, um, I mean, does Apple TV have a deal with Ridley Scott? Because I mean, he's also working on the show I was on. Yeah, I think they they probably have a first look deal. Yeah. Okay, I was kind of wondering about that. Yeah. The, the new Blue Beetle trailer, uh, extended trailer, just dropped, and my God, it looks amazing. I can see why James Gunn decided this is the one character that I'm going to bring over to DCU. And Blue Beetle, apparently, it's kind of a standalone movie. It's not really connected to the other DC films, as The Flash was, you know. So it can feasibly go into the DCU, mm -hmm. but uh, we just saw just a little bit more of... Um, uh, Blue Beetle's abilities. Uh, of course, it's uh, Chola Manadueña, who is Miguel on Cobra Kai. Um, and yeah, and uh, man, my gosh, it, it, uh, it looks is this fantastic. one like less comical than the last one? Because I saw the first one that seemed like there's just the comical yeah. scenes almost. They had just most of the comical scenes. This one kind of ex mm -hmm. expanded on the action uh, and, and his abilities, the abilities of, 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 uh, of the Blue Beetle character. And um Dorning was interviewed and he said that uh that Blue Beetle, if you're not familiar, is like a fusion of Green Lantern and Iron Man. Yep. So it's like the mm. scarab from out of space that is. See, see like that's that that's something right now I just thought about. War okay. well, Warner Brothers is casting the right people for the right roles. Like, I mean, you don't have a white dude playing the Blue Beetle. And I'm fine with that. Well, he's not, have character. You have he's a white character. He's a Latino character. Latino person. Yeah, I'm well aware of that. But you yeah. have a Latina person playing Snow White. You see what I'm saying? It's like they had the right, right people playing the right characters instead of the race swapping thing. I see what you're getting at, man. But mm -hmm. going back to Blue Beetle really quick, um, Chilena Duranya will say that if you're a DC fan, there's going to be more than just one character that you recognize. Oh, that'd that. be cool. 
there's been rumors so, about Green Lantern coming too. So, so I the characters, the well, the characters I think that you're going to see are, are probably cannot be DCEU or Snyderverse characters. They have to be new characters that the, that are just within. Well, they're 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 Blue Beetle focused characters. Maybe see a Booster Gold. You might see um, maybe characters that we haven't uh, have been established in DC EU because you're going to bring all these characters into the James Gunn's uh, DCU, you know? So, um, I mean, but, I mean uh, do you think they're going to get like somebody like a, what do you call it, like the John Cena playing Peacemaker in there or something like that? Or any yes, of that? Yes. As you know, James Gunn directed the second Suicide Squad movie. Mm-hmm. So the surviving people, surviving characters, which is John Cena's Peacemaker, um, Harley Quinn's, uh, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn, and Idris Elba's um, character. Uh, the character's name is escaping me. Um, well, Weasel, well, Weasel's probably going to be in that because that's his brother. So it's like Weasel he and, he and the Rat Catcher. Um, yeah. They're all going to be in. Uh, Actually, you know what? The Rat Catcher probably would fit because uh, she's just, she's Hispanic too. So that may, might make sense as a crossover. She's smoking. She is, yeah. She, so when you saw her in the Rat Catcher, she kind of looked like a, you know, a little quirky, like you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah she looks she, better she now. She hangs out with rats. But if you see Fast, if you saw the Fast X movie. Yeah, she was pretty good. Man, I couldn't, I couldn't get my eyes off her, man. Can Can we not talk about that movie? I, I Fast think. X. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was that was. You mean the most unrealistic movie of all time? Yeah, it is very unrealistic yeah, for exactly. sure. I do stunt driving. I'm like, hmm, I'm I'm good, but I'm not that good. And it's like nobody can drive a charger over a dam and live. Exactly. Uh, uh, um, I, all right, moving on with big DC news. As you know, we announced a while ago that Rachel Brosnahan will be Lois Lane and David Corinsweet will be Superman himself, the Man of yeah. Steel. They just added some new cast, which I'm really excited about. I, I do this, have a question. Is David Corinsweet, is that a stage name or is that his real name? Because that's such a that's, weird name. That's his real name. Yeah, he was in uh, really? We Own the City. He's going to be in the upcoming um, Lady in the Lake. Um, yeah. Um, okay. well, just, I, I, I just was curious because I mean I know some people have stage names. I just was like that's a strange name. I mean I just yeah yeah. But uh, they just added. This is pretty exciting for some people uh, that might be a fan of uh, this particular fandoms. But Nathan Fillion joined the cast of Superman Legacy, and he'll be playing Guy Gardner. So he's one of the now Guy Gardner's a great character. I read the comic book. He is kind of like you know a dick. Well, you dick, but he's like a Negan. He's kind of like dick, yep. but he's, fun, he's funny. So he's but you, know, you know what? That, that, that's your Nathan Fillion plays all the time, isn't it? Because, I mean, if you think about the character he played in, um, what was that? Um, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. Wasn't he kind of like a, like kind of a dick type of like. Yeah, he had a small Funny role guy at the same time. That orga- their organic uh, planet, I think. That was all organic yeah. based. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think he's going to be great as Guy Gardner. Uh, Guy Gardner is a great character, and it's also going to introduce. First time. He's gonna have that haircut, the bowl haircut. Probably, probably make it close to the comical character, I imagine. But I think that's a great casting right there. And then you have Isabella Merced, who's gonna be playing Hawk Girl. And then you're gonna have Edie Gathegi, who is gonna play Mister Terrific. So I'm not familiar with the actor or this character, Terrific. Oh, uh, Mister Terrific is like a. Um, he he's like um, he's supposed to be like I think a Superman type of character. The, the oh, has, no, actually, cool. I think he's more of a Batman character because he has more intelligence. I think. I think he's a good planner and good team leader type of guy because he filmed in the he in on Justice League a couple times as a leader. Yeah, so they're saying uh, Mr. Terrific is a 
highly skilled fighter and one of the world's most brilliant inventors and strategists, mm -hmm. uh, accompanied by self-designing floating T-sphere weapons. So it looks like he's he's more more of a uh, a weapons based um, superhero. Yeah, character. yeah, not, yeah not, he's like an Iron Man type of guy. He's like yeah, Iron Man yeah. like Batman type okay. of guy. He can build his own weapons and yeah. And then Hawk Girl, you know, we saw the Hawkman in 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 um, the Rock's uh, Black Adam movie. See, that, I, I kind of uh, wonder if he's going to crossover because if you think about it, that would make sense because I mean, Hawk, Hawk Girl and Hawkman like always like are with each other because like they're supposed to be reincarnated from whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know, but the thing is like if, if they don't bring over because you're going to have to recast the Hawkman otherwise because you're going to have to have a Hawkman eventually be a Hawk Girl. Would it make sense to have any of the Shazam characters or the Black Adam characters in the new DCU? I mean, I think it would. I think I would bring like Shazam. I mean, I don't think they had an issue with Shazam. I think it was just the issue with Rock trying to take over the whole thing. He was like, he was more or less, hey, don't go with James Gunn. Go with me. I can run the whole thing. And that pissed everybody in Warner Brothers off because he he saw his opportunity and tried to take control of the whole DCU. It's like he yeah. shouldn't be doing that. He's an actor. Wayne's, so I uh, think Wayne's that's what pissed him off, and I think that's what, and I think honestly, that's probably what cost Henry Cavill his job because he got Henry Cavill involved in it. Tell him yeah, how you feel, I think Paul. Oh, did he? Mm -hmm. Simi, go ahead. No, I was just saying, tell him how you feel, Paul. About <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just honest with people, so we hear him loud and clear, guys. All right, let's yeah. talk about Deadpool three. Woo, man, this is great news. Um, because they're they're fine, and I think what Deadpool three is doing is really explaining how they're bringing all the mutants over to the MCU. So first yes. of all, they're bringing back some Fox characters, including Jennifer Garner's version of Elektra. So she's reprising her role as as the psi wielding superhero. And as you know, Hugh Jackman was a was a fixture with uh, in the original um, X Men movies. He's going to be a part of Wolverine. Oh, sorry, he's going to be portraying Wolverine in Deadpool 3, as was announced a while ago. And um, so th those are the two original cast members. I'm sure there's going to probably um, more. But are they going to bring in Affleck, too? Because, I mean, I don't know if... Because, I mean, I don't know if he would get along with Gardner because they're, like, exes. But then again, they have kids together, so I guess they had to get along. But do you think they would be... work together again on set? Or do you think that's just going to... Um, yeah, I mean... I mean, I don't, I don't know if they're friendly or not. They might hate each other. I have no idea, but I just don't know if you can bring them both back in on a I, film together. I think they're cordial. They're I mean, they're, 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 yeah, they think keep professional, and, and they're, you know, I, I have, I'm not, I haven't read anything about Ben Affleck and, and Jennifer Garner, Garner having issues. I think they're, they're, co they're really good co-parents. So I, I don't think they're yeah. an issue with, with. So, I mean, I guess you could bring him back too if you really want to. I mean. As Daredevil, yeah, and that would be crazy because he's already um, one. Well, I mean, I think it's I think it's going to be other universes too, isn't it? Because yeah. I, I got the impression it's going to be like the Spider Verse well, where he's going to different universes and stuff. Yeah, and they're bringing back some original cast like Marina Baccarin, which is crazy because Marina's character supposedly died in, in the second film. Yeah, and then you have Brianna Hildebrand coming back, and then you have newcomers with Emma Corrin and Matthew McFadden. So again, they haven't announced Ben Affleck as Daredevil. I guess it wouldn't surprise me, but you you think I mean they're on set now. You know, you think you would have uh yeah. heard. But well, then something. again, you might keep them secret. I mean, there's ways of keeping things secret, just yeah. I'm but one actually particular... interested in seeing uh Yukio. Oh, yeah. Yukio. Yeah. She yeah, she's pretty good. She's uh she's a pretty good actor. I've seen her in a couple of films, so 
I want to see how she portrays that. Oh, wait. Is that the actress name or the character name? Yeah. Uh, Shioli Kutsuna. Is playing Yukio? She's playing Yukio. Oh, okay. Yukio in the first movie, in the last movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So we're going to see her return as well. Um, And this was um, Fox, I mean, well, Marvel did not confirm or deny this onset pick of the 20th Century Fox, a massive 20th Century Fox logo with a bunch of crew members and it's destroyed, alluding to, I guess, the passing of the torch of the X-Men universe from Fox to MCU to Marvel. So the the set, this giant logo of, of that was destroyed of Century Fox was spotted on location. So just uh, it's funny, you know, because they're kind of it's their their brand of humor. Because I'm surprised that Disney just didn't blow up, uh, make a Fox News building and just blow that up. Because I know uh, Disney doesn't like Fox News. Well, but they're, they're tw- I mean, 20th Century Fox makes sense. Uh, well, not Fox News. Because well, I know, but I'm just saying, you know what I mean. I'm just saying. Oh, jeez. Because no, they, they, they bought their entertainment. I'm just saying it was just. Been, that's just too easy, dude. Nah, I mean, you know, the, the, 20th Century Fox owned the mutants, everything that was a mutant. So Yeah, you're right. You know, so I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens there. And then, of course, we do have a little bit of an update on Shang-Chi's sequel. Simon Liu was interviewed on the red carpet of Barbie. And he said that the Shang-Chi sequel will follow Avengers. So that's, that's an update on that. And in fact, in fact, the first Avengers film, sorry, the next event, not the first one, the next Avengers film uh, is going to drop um, May 7th, 2027. Um, what, do, you know, do they know who the Avengers are? Is it going to be like a secondary cast of Avengers? Or? Well, everybody. 2027, yeah. Push the year from its original. We're going to be dead by then. (laughs) Um, Because if you think about it, if you wait too long, I mean, like, how old's Robert Downey Jr.? He's going to look pretty old in that movie. You forget what happened in Avengers Endgame, Paul. You know he died, right? Well, I know, but the rumor is, like, did you ever... I heard this rumor. I don't know if this is true or not. They said if things go too bad, they might bring him back, saying, like, there were two snaps, there was a Hulk snap, and that's what we watched when we Uh saw Phase 4. And then there was a Tony yeah. Stark snap where Tony Stark is still alive in his his snap. Wow. You see what yeah. I'm saying? That, so they it would have started the two timelines when you had the snap. You know what? The superhero universe is anything can happen, you know? <laughs> I mean, Marina Backrin's coming back. So I, I don't know how they're going to bring her yeah. back in, 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 um, in Deadpool 3. Um, but the rumor is I think, uh, I think she, she was all, always dead. If I if I think about it, because I mean, did you catch that? Because you know who his girlfriend is in the comics, right? His girlfriend's death. And remember, he when he died, he tried to bring her back, and she was like, "I can't come back." If she was dead the whole time, that's why she couldn't come back because she was already dead. Because mm-hmm. her character is actually death. Okay, so we'll you see what I'm to- saying. So her character is actually a character. They just didn't call her character death yet, but I think maybe that's that's how she comes back because she was always dead in the first place. Because he's fell in love with death. All right, that's really really crazy. Okay, I wasn't even aware of that, but okay, I guess that's uh, one way of bringing mm-hmm. her back. Um, we got a couple more movie things, and we'll take a classic cut break. Um, Brad Pitt revealed some details of his Formula One racing feature. Um, him and his co-star Bams and Idris uh, were seen filming in the UK. Um, 
during the British Formula One Grand Prix at Silverstone. So uh, that's cool. Apparently, uh, Brad Pitt says it's been great. The vibe is amazing. To get to be a part of it and tell our story, the teams have opened their doors to us. And uh, Brad Pitt plays a guy who raced in the 1990s, had a horrible crash, disappears. And then racing in other disciplines, and his friend played by Javier Bardem contacts him to, I guess, return to racing. Um, and um, of course, they have well, a that young... sounds like the Sylvester Stallone movie Driven. Isn't that the same exact plot? Is it very similar? I'm not. I wasn't familiar with that. Because wasn't he driving? He got like he wrecked and got hurt, and then like he had to come back. And then maybe I'm wrong. Back. He came back stronger it wasn't than very, I mean, I don't think it got a good review, but I mean, but it was, it was entertaining. I mean, me driving, I mean, I just kind of, kind of liked it because it was a driving movie. That. Yeah. And then, of course, you have two Oscar type of films, you know, like really based on drama. One was Vince Vaughn. Um, so he's. Really, you don't expect an Oscar film from Vince actually, Vaughn. You know what? I'm, I'm, that was inaccurate. No, I got to no, get no. out. It's comedy. Okay. I think the other film sense. was. <laughs> So Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn plays Vince Vaughn. That is, so yes, that is uh, his character. I mean, it's a, it's a great character, but that's all he plays. Yeah. It's an original comedy called Namas. It's a base uh, on a true story of a man who, after his mother's death, opens an Italian restaurant staffed by all grandmothers. Okay. So um, we'll be Susan Sarandon, <laughs> Lorraine Bracco, Talia Shar, Drea DiMatteo, Linda Cardellani, Joe Manganiello. Um, and it's based on the true story of Brooklyn native Joe Scaravella, who launched Staten Island's and Tucco Maria restaurant. Well, so, uh, yeah. And then Robin Wright, who um, I got to work with on House yeah. of Cards, um, will so direct. Yep, will direct Mr. Clarkson in a new film called Bingo. Uh, Wright will actually appear in the film itself, but ba- basically they're talking about. Do you guys know what a May-December romance is? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. yeah, it's a romantic relationship when two people have a huge age gap. And we know yeah. we know a couple friends and um, colleagues have followed that gap. Yeah, I think one of them showed up at the Christmas party, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about the once a future king and his girlfriend? <laughs> yeah, Parker Robbie uh, is considerably younger than the Once and Future yeah. King. Uh, but there's a few others I can think of, no doubt. But uh, okay. but yeah, it's kind of got it's got like a Harold Mod um, influence to it as well. But Robin Wright's been doing more and more directing lately. She she's very she really wants to get more in, into that realm. So uh, and, I'm trying to and find. She directed a couple of episodes of House of Cards. That's right. She directed yeah, a film yeah. House of Cards. Were you directed by yeah, Robin specifically? I'm trying to find like I was. Yeah, I was. I was. Uh, she, if you did the, what do you call it? I know she did the, what was it? The DNC or our, no, it was the DNC uh, uh, conference. I think she directed that, those yeah. episodes. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I'm, I think I'm trying to find a, a March, um, November um, type of romance. Oh, March. Oh, you want you want to march? The, oh, wait, it's May through November, though, Chach. What? It's a May no, through I'm November. Find a March. Oh, you want you want to go a little yeah, earlier? He wants he wants an earlier one. That's what it is. Oh, so you want an even bigger gap? <laughs> yeah, March, November. Wow. But like, like, I you want guys are too to much, man. <laughs> I think I, I have a September, October. <laughs> <laughs> 
Are we going back to, you know, uh, Johnny Depp Wonka territory again? No, no. I don't think. Well, oh, no, wait. Actually, wait. No, if we're talking about that, what about um, DiCaprio? DiCaprio is always with somebody like DiCaprio he's always has a, Yes. DiCaprio has yes. a May through November relationship. Yes. Yeah, because if you that ever see might that, be. That might be more of what Chachi's linked to a March through November relationship. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Did you ever see a Family Guy skit with a DiCaprio? Like, I mean, like he was with a girl and she was like, "Hey, it's my birthday. I'm 21." He's like, "Okay, I'm dumping you." Uh, no, it's a 25. I think 25 is. That's a 25. I, 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 I saw that on Family Guy. I was like, "Oh man, that is kind of right." Yeah. No, my favorite was uh, Ricky Gervais's uh, joke about. When uh, Leo brought his date to the Oscars, she was uh, she had to dump her after the movie because she was too old after it got because the Irishman was so long. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right, Chachi, I'm gonna take a classic cut break. If, if it's okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I already had one in the can. Um, fine. Yeah, I'll be gone after after it starts. Oh, you're just you're just joining for the movie stuff. We got we got we're talking about Ahsoka yeah. and some great stuff. All right, like- so. Soka, the new Star Wars series. Oh, no, oh God. Stop. All right. So, guys, when we get back, um, we'll, I don't have much left, but uh, we're going to talk about the Ahsoka trailer. We're going to talk about. That looks good. Yeah, we're going to talk about some stuff going on in television and the writer strike. And uh, we'll be right back here on ETB. Um, but right, for the classic. Geez. And Chachi, are you saying goodbye? Is that what you're saying? You're alluding you're yeah, going to say goodbye. goodbye yes. Yeah. We're gonna say right. goodbye. Chachi well, us for well, let's see what he has to say. Does he have anything to say about Ahsoka before he leaves? Chachi, did you see this? So- didn't you didn't see the Ahsoka trailer yet. Go watch uh, the Ahsoka trailer and let me okay. know what you think because it. it is yeah. phenomenal. But let's save it. Let's save it for after the classic cut. Gotcha. So for the cut, you know what? Sometimes I struggle with the cut. You know, because sometimes you like it to tie into things. You know, but uh, I just looked to happen to who who happened to have a birthday this week. Uh, this this actually today, uh, and it happened to be the Godfather of Goth, Peter Murphy, and one of my oh. favorite Peter Murphy songs is "Cut You Up," and many moons ago, well, not too many moons ago, maybe about ten years ago, BTB's um, former resident rock star Flex interviewed, and oh, also you're truly both of us in tandem interviewed the Godfather of Goth, Peter Murphy. So this one uh, was. Yeah, this one was a, 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 I guess, an easy pick for me. So, uh, so after the classic cut, we're gonna go to our first interview from AwesomeCon 2023, the puppeteer behind Nyan Num. This is the co-pilot of Lando Calrissian in Return of the Jedi, who also reprises role in the sequel trilogy, and I believe he came back in um, the Last Jedi. I don't think he was in. Um, the Force Awakens. I think he came back in Last Jedi and then reprised his role again in The Rise of Skywalker. But we're going to hear that exclusive interview that I conducted at AwesomeCon 2023, and we'll be back right after that. You know the way it twists and turns, changing colors, spinning yarns. You know the way it leaves you dry, it cuts you up and takes you high. We're here at 
awesome to come. More Star Wars stars here with Mike Quinn, the puppet here behind Nyan Numb. Yes. 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 Nyan Numb. Correct. Yes. One absolutely. of one of the most I'd say unsung heroes in the Star Wars Thank universe. You. Yes. I'd like to think so, but yeah, he's he's always there, you know, doing his job, and he's not looking for like credit or anything like that. He's just yeah. there to get the job done, <laughs> like me. Yeah. <laughs> now, what I think found fascinating about Nyan Numb is that they actually brought him back to the Star Wars sequel trilogy. Yeah. Now, was when you got the call. What was your reaction that they were bringing Nyan Numb back? Well, um, I was waiting for that to happen. Yeah. So I, was, I knew he. Well, he's he's got to be in this ne- in this universe. He's still alive. So yeah. I knew he he would be there somewhere. Yeah. So I actually uh, was proactive and uh, contacted JJ uh, in advance just to make sure. Wow. <laughs> I think they were going to contact us anyway. People like Tim Rose for Akbar and myself. Yes. But I wasn't going to leave anything to chance. So yes. I'm, yeah. Like. Here I am. I'm still alive. I can still do this. Yes. And of course, it's really important to keep, still keep practical effects alive, yeah, right? Much. Because with, puppet, with puppeteering, you know, uh, a lot of people, uh, filmmakers, are going the way of CG um, for characters that were once puppeted. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? So, well, they were at one point. It, puppets never went away. Um, mm-hmm. So people don't realize that. We, mm-hmm. we were still doing puppets and animatronics mm-hmm. in uh, film and TV and commercials. Yeah. But, but now... Um, Puppets rule again, you know, practical effects rule all the world. We're, we're using nothing but for most of the projects now. So, uh, yeah, this CG is, is another tool, you know, that can be used uh, in the right way now. It's great. Right. So, yeah, it's like the industry has matured a little bit now and grown up. So there's a lot of practical effects now, a lot of real puppets Absolutely. and creatures. So it's great. It's so needed. Of course, in the case of Grogu, yeah. they didn't they didn't opt to go the CG route. They went for practical yeah, for puppet effect. Yeah. yeah, for the most part. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, practical creatures and all the new stuff now. So and, and mm-hmm. an upcoming. So it's great. Yeah. So when you portrayed uh, Naim Nam again, uh, what was the difference uh, this time versus when you portrayed him in Return yeah. of the Jedi? Huge difference. Yeah. Of course, in the in Return of the Jedi, he was a, a big hand puppet because they couldn't figure out how to get the mouth to right. Uh, do the lip sync uh, in two weeks no notice that they had yeah. so the tech wasn't quite there as such then mm-hmm. um, so I suggested him uh, he should be a hand puppet so we could you know, yes. make him move like a Muppet in a way so that's how he was done then but in the new movies you know I'm wearing the, the suit and, uh, uh, and I look through his eyes and his face is radio controlled so it's a huge difference but I still have the same mindset and approach of how he is performed you know okay. still the same soul uh, just in a different way Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's I fun though. I like, I like him. Yeah. I hope to do him again sometime. <laughs> Tell us the story behind the voice of Nyanam because I was reading on Wikipedia, yeah. the Wikipedia of Star Wars, that it was uh, a Kenyan voice that's actor right. soon, and then and the voice, the language is actually Kenyan. It's is that real, true? Yeah, it's a real one of the, I think there's only two, two uh, uh, languages in the entire Star Wars universe that are actual real world languages. Wow. So besides English, I think. English and Kenyan. Um, I forget. The other. There might be a third, you know, non, oh, wow. another second non-English. I don't remember what that is. But um, so yeah, they found him sort of later after we'd done the filming, and they knew they wanted something different sounding, but they hadn't decided yet. Yeah. So I deliberately spoke all my lines in English as a guide track, um, right. just so that it made sense for acting with Billy and, and yeah. And, editing and everything so but you provide voice acting for a lot of your puppeteer of course yes but what was the decision going behind going with another actor to portray the voice of Nyan Numb that was always the 
the case, uh, yeah. the script basically said he, he spoke an alien language. And mm. so when we do creature films like Return of the Jedi, The Dark Crystal, mm -hmm. that stuff is always replaced afterwards anyway, all the creatures mm. and, you know, it's never, or at least then, actually now it's not so much so true, sometimes we do live, live creature voices now, yeah. but when they're English speaking, yes. but uh, for any other alien things, you know, that's kind of the, the domain of Ben Burton, or it was, and now Matthew Wood and those guys for mm. Lucasfilm, who know how to create weird sounds and, and different sounding languages we hadn't heard before, so they knew they wanted to go that direction right from the start. But they didn't know, you know, they figured it out after we got the film cut together and everything. So, wow. Yeah. But those guys are great at that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I had a question. Um, did Nayan Nam meet his fate in The Rise of Skywalker? Good question. Yeah. He was supposed to. Okay. Um, but then we didn't see the ship explode. Okay. So, so that makes me think, well, did he? Did yeah. he die? Okay. Because normally you would see it explode, and I never right. saw that happen. I don't know, what do you think? Well, they say if you never see a body, then the, uh, okay. the, then, uh, mm. the, the so chances are still be Yeah. Same with Moff Gideon, you know. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So we'll find out, I suppose, one yeah. day, you know, we'll find out the truth behind it. This controversy. <laughs> the controversy. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> now, could you see Nyan Numb in one of the uh, live-action Disney Plus uh, Star Wars series? Yeah. I would love that. I'd love yeah. to see a younger version of him maybe yeah. in one of the other shows. Okay. Uh, I think it, he'd be around. It could totally happen. Hey, yeah. Lucasfilm, it can totally happen. <laughs> He's ready. I'm He's, ready. It's Mike Quinn. And any other uh, products, uh, latest projects you're promoting right now? Um, I'm not allowed to really talk about the new okay. stuff I'm on at the moment okay. because it's all top secret. But there's oh, going to be good. a few really good things next year. That's all, all right. Woohoo! But yes, so it's very exciting. It's a great time to be a, a Star Wars fan. Yes, a it is. Fan and, oh my gosh. Uh, a fan of movies and TV shows. There's a lot of good stuff coming out. Uh, well, as of this year, which is 2023, it depends on when they see and hear this stuff. Of right, course, of course. Which could be in two years' time, in which case you've already <laughs> seen it, and I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> Hopefully not that long. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mike Quinn, guys, and if you could, Mike, let, let us know who you are, your character from Star Wars or whatever you'd like, and let us know you're on Below the Belt Show. Below the Belt Show. Yeah. Hi there, this is Mike Quinn, and I played Nine Numb in the Star Wars movies, and you're watching or listening to Below the Belt. Nice. That's beautiful. Wow. What an interview with Mike Quinn, the puppeteer behind Nine Numb, and of course, uh, Peter Murphy, the godfather of goth. What's you up? Big Paul, were you familiar with uh, Peter Murphy or the Bauhaus or any of those type of bands? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, the Godfather of Goth was so influential in in new wave music back in the and, day. And a lot of people don't like really even know who he is. He's kind of one of those like a uh, underground type of guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the, the fan base is is not as mainstream as as other as other artists, but they were so influential. The Bauhaus in general were one of the most influential yep. uh, new wave bands, I guess. Uh, Post punk, I think is. What they kind of called it because the post punk was the stuff that came out after the Sex Pistols and the Clash that yeah. kind of mm -hmm. embraced it like a darker, like the, the Cure and stuff like that. But nonetheless, uh, let's move on to television and Disney Plus. And my God, wow! I am so excited to th to see the Ahsoka series. The trailer, the expanded trailer, just dropped. We got our first look at Grand admiral thrawn guys this is the very popular 
um, leader of the empire with, with the, the blue skin and the red eyes, very menacing looking. Who's playing him? The one and only Lars Mikkelsen. Oh, um, man, who actually voiced his character um, in, uh, I believe, the Rebels TV series, the animated series. And Lars was the really essentially, and I think it's great when they use the same voice actors as the live action version. They they really couldn't do it Ashley Eckstein with Ahsoka Tano because she had, yeah. uh, you know, she, the, well, of course, Rosario Dawson's amazing. And Maybe, you, right? of, God. you had to kind of age up, and, and Ashley Eckstein's voice is very, you know, she kind of voiced her younger. in the younger version, right? Yeah, so it wouldn't have worked as well. I think I think Rosario Dawson. No, no, what they could do is if they do a flashback, they might be able to do, use her as a flashback, maybe, because she's a little younger looking, so. I don't think Ashley's that much younger than Rosario does. Oh, really? Oh, okay. I don't think she's that. Yeah, I'll have to look at her age, but I don't think she's that 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 young, you know, because she's been she's voicing Ahsoka since Clone Wars and through Rebels. Yeah, yeah I guess Wars, right. Clone Wars started in what 2008, I mm-hmm. believe. So, um, but um, yeah, I mean the the trailer was action packed. We we saw um um again we saw a uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. We saw um oh my gosh we saw uh, mary elizabeth winstead as Hera Syndulla, which um, mary elizabeth winstead's fantastic she's a great actress very easy on the eyes no he, he, here's the thing is is kennedy involved in this or is this more of like the filoni no this is dave filoni this is dave filoni so okay so so it should be good then it's in he's a yeah, good hands it, yeah it i believe the best Mm-hmm. Well, Filoni is the best person to give Star anything yeah. Star and, and Favreau and Favreau. They were yeah. the greatest team. I think well, yeah, Filoni's... I'm just saying from the from the Soka perspective. Yeah, couldn't Ex- choose a better person. Exactly, exactly. Well, I think he did. He create her because I think he created her for. I believe Filoni did create. I did. He, I believe he did. Yeah. So I think that was perfect. And then you know who I'm really happy with is the casting for Sabine Wren, um, the Natasha Lou Bordizzo mm-hmm. actress. Oh man, she is a hottie, but uh, I think she's perfect because she, you see her in, orig- in the original trailer, she had the long hair. I was like, well, she doesn't really look like the animated character. Then she comes back and she cuts her hair. She's got the short purple hair. I'm like, yeah, she really looks like yeah. the uh, the version of um, Sabine Wren that that I was uh, you know, used to. Now you're gonna have a. What's her name? What's his name? Come to FK. His name, the kid. Oh, uh, Ezra Bridges. Ezra Bridger. Ezra, Ezra Bridger. Yes, yes. Uh, he's going to be played by Iman Esfandi. So he okay. will be a uh, part of the cast. And you know what, Tamir Morrison. You know, you know. I, I think it's so clever because you know, as you know, a lot of everything. clone troopers are Tamir Morrison, and it's it's so true to the lore because he was cloned from Tamora Morrison from Django Fett. So of course you got to use the same actor and that's the thing. Tamora Morrison has the distinction of playing many, many, many characters because of all the clones, you know, and he's going to play like a Rex or something. Yeah, I think so. I think he's playing Rex. Captain Rex. Rex, Right. Right. Well, I mean, he can play, he can play any of the clone guys, I guess. I mean, you just have to, so, have you seen all the rebels? Because I haven't followed all the animated stuff. I'll be honest. I, I'm, I'm not the greatest Star Wars. I mean, I, I claim to be a big Star Wars fan, but I am not caught up on the animated stuff. I did not, but uh, I did. Know, I think I'm going to finish it. Okay. It's actually pretty good. Okay. I'm still on Clone Wars season one. 
I'm, 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 oh, Clone Wars season one wasn't even a good season. That was kind of just like a, a, a starting point. I mean, like okay. you had an episode with Jar Jar Banks in it. That shows how okay how bad of a start it got off to. Yeah, but uh, and then of course you have the the late Ray Stevenson. So we lost Ray Stevenson yep. uh, um, earlier this year, which is really sad because he's in a prominent role in the series, and I don't know what they're going to do with the future of his character. Now that I, hope I hope they just aren't bringing back a CGI. I don't want to see that happen anymore. Yeah. I mean, they'll do it for Luke. They'll do it for Mark Hamill, but hopefully they won't do it for anybody else. I don't even think they I, should do it for Mark Hamill as much anymore. I think they should just be like, yeah, he's he's off. He's doing his thing. Yeah. Or, or, get, or get a younger actor that can play the character. Not like Solo, because he couldn't really play the character. That he had trouble with it. Just get somebody in who can do the same type of jobs and looks kind of similar and just have him play it. Yeah. So of course, Ahsoka series is all about stopping Thrawn from becoming heir to the empire. Well, hold and, on, hold um, on. We got an important cast member. Shout out to the doctor who fans. Oh, do I miss somebody? David Tennant. Yeah. Who's David Tennant? Yes. Oh, he's, he's playing who young. Who's who young. Yeah. Is that an um, alien? No, creature? no, I'm just saying that he came over from, uh, Doctor Who, but good. Yeah, but his character's yeah. name is Hu Young. Yeah, his character. Well, see, that seems like a miscasting too, because a Hu Young seems like it's a, should be an Asian character. Well, I don't know. Maybe Hu Young is a as an alien. Let's okay. see. Let's see who Hu Young is. Yeah, let's see who Hu Young is. If it's an Asian character, then yes, I'll be pissed. But I think it's an alien. <laughs> I believe um, he's voicing an alien character. Looks like. Okay. He, uh, an android. And see, there you go, alien or an android. There you go. Yeah. Android or droid. Well, droids are. are yeah, droid. <laughs> okay. So he young is a droid. And um, so that 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 makes sense because uh, there's there another there was another popular Doctor Who um, was Alan Tudyk. He yeah. voiced yeah. um, uh, K R S O. So. So there's that nice expression for Doctor Who. <laughs> What's that again? A nice progression for Doctor Who. So. Yeah. A nice progression for Doctor Who. Absolutely. The least you became a Dalek. This is true. Close. <laughs> Close. Yeah. Um, battle scenes, space uh, lightsaber scenes. I mean, Ray, a look at Ray Stevenson's villainous character. Um, this is one of the final roles for Stevenson, who died in May. Um, what, what did he oops. die of? Did they figure that out or no? Oh, gosh. What did he die of? Simi, do you mind looking that up? I, I'm not. I'm not sure what he died of. Yeah, yeah. But um, the um, so yes, Clone Wars was created by Dave Filoni. Um, the Soka character specifically created by Dave Filoni. He's I mean, exactly taking elements from Air to Empire, or is he just kind of just doing his own thing to it? I don't know. He really described it as Rebels season five. Okay. Because the end of season of the Rebels season. What we're gonna see in Ahsoka immediately takes place right yeah. after, after that. Yeah. It looks like and, they uh, are not saying with uh, what, uh, as far as back as May, it's still labeled as a mystery. Really, mystery illness. Wow. So we don't know. Um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Katie Sackhoff, who plays Bo-Katan Trees, had an interesting. Speaking interview. of mystery illnesses, I just now thought about something. What about um? Jamie Foxx, they ever figure out if she's healthy or not? I don't Dude, know. I just I have this in my news a little later. You're 
Oh, sorry. Not a little bit, but yes, he he allegedly was waving to fans outside of his yacht. The people were recognizing him on his boat. So I think he's fine and well, and I think it was just blown out of proportion, you know. And if not, he at least still has a yacht. Yeah. And at least he still has a yacht. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Sounds like uh, a weekend in Bernie thing where they have string up there making his arm go up and down. <laughs> so August twenty third, um, is uh, going to be the um episode drop of Ahsoka, and I guess I'll announce this: uh, BTB taking a much needed break after the. August 1st episode and we'll come back just in time to do our review of Ahsoka episode one. So I'm taking okay. some time off uh, roughly three weeks off in August, uh, which oh, is so needed. It. Yes. Wow. The SummerSlam prediction show, big Paul will be our, our finale of the summer. So we got to have okay. you back for the picking our uh, picks for SummerSlam, but that's a little later. Um, another uh, Star Wars thing is that, uh, as you know, Bo-Katan Kreese is played by Katie Sackhoff. And as you know, she was a big part of, she was the lead of Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, no. And she said something really funny, that the catering budget of Mandalorian is greater. The catering, right, is greater than the entire budget, production budget of Battlestar Galactica. That's crazy. But there was a lot of CGI in Battlestar, wasn't there? Yeah, I mean... We need to get on Mandalorian, is what you're saying? Well, no, because Mandalorian is such an expensive show. Yeah, but we we need to get on the Oh, because the catering is so good. Yeah, see, the the thing is, it would be wasted on me, because I'm trying to cut weight, so, I mean, like, I'm, like, just drinking, like... Well, you know, the, yeah, more or less smoothies right now, so, I mean, I really don't want to do that. It could be... Okay, you can stay off the show. It could be healthy. Um, it could be healthy, expensive food like caviar and sushi and uh, lobster. You know, so you know, it could go. It could go a few different ways. You know, I mean, we did have lobster potatoes a couple times on uh, House of Cards, if you remember. Yeah, I wasn't lucky enough. The the only time I got lobster on set was the last day of HBO's The Wire. I was they, didn't work on, they wanted me to work on the wire and I was doing something else at the time. I was like, eh. yeah, that was uh, one of my first union gigs was, uh, there, there, there's still rumors that that's coming back. I don't know. In some way. I mean, a lot of people are dead, so I don't know how that's going to, no, be. I mean, but like with new characters, it's going to be like, it's going to oh, be a wire or whatever, something else. Well, I mean, it has to be David Simon. If it's not David Simon, then yeah, it's gonna, obviously uh, he is readily available on Twitter still, at least for the time being until the strikes over. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. David Simon is readily available. Yeah, he's uh, he's answering tweets, replying to a holes and everything. That's what people. Okay. So this is what writers do. So he's gonna reply to somebody like me. Yeah, like you. <laughs> yes, the controversial Darth Paul Wallace. But I was going back to yeah. So that was kind of funny that Katie uh, Sackhoff said. Um, um, over on Netflix, not much on Netflix this week, guys. Um, just the trailer for the film Love at First Sight, which is a rom-com with Ben Hardy and Haley Lou Richardson. It's uh, interesting. You know, the trailer was cute. I mean, basically, it's uh, a young man and a young girl meet on a plane. You know, they're going to England. The girl's going there for a different reason. The guy's going there because he's from there. And then apparently they try to exchange contact informa- information she finds out her phone broke oh. and she, she lost the contact so she's searching the entire city of london to find this dude 
let me guess she eventually does find him <laughs> but, but uh not, but not before finding hugh grant not before <laughs> or jeff hardy she was looking up for ben hardy and she found jeff and matt hardy instead. oh jeff the hardy <laughs> brothers instead oh my god only you would come up with an obscure wrestling ring. Uh, on Netflix TV, The Witcher Season 3 reigns over the uh, the ratings with 66.5 million hours viewed. Mm, I'm surprised because so I heard it wasn't that good, but I didn't watch it yet. So I'm well, not people are watching it. They might not be liking you it, but they're to. watching it. got to at least finish out and, and see. Count. Yeah, and see how. I mean, did you guys watch it yet or no? I have not, not yet. No, but it is it is Henry Cavill's final season, and you know, which again, I, I just it takes me out of. The, I mean, we're already watching something of fantasy world. You're going to replace an actor who's trying to be the same guy, and you have to be convinced. And it's just and like, the thing that worries me is he's a fan. He's a huge fan of the books and the thing, and he was like, "I'm out because I don't like the way you guys are doing it." It's like that's not good. When a guy's a fan of something and he's doing it because he's a fan. And he leaves. That tells you that they're. I'm not. I'm worried about it. Maybe he thought a schedule would conflict with future Superman stuff, and that got pulled up. You know. I don't think so. I mean, Rod got pulled up. You know, from under him. You know. I I thought that he's now writing Warhammer and stuff now, isn't he? Because he's a big Warhammer fan. He is a Warhammer fan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Also a big gamer. Yeah. And a big gamer. Warhammer gamer. Yeah. Which is weird because I mean he's actually in shape, so it's like I don't know how he has time to work out and play games all the time. (laughs) He's not the well, atypical game. Well, you know, he's he's Republican. He, he must be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess he yeah, he's conservative. So yeah, I guess he. Is so I guess that, 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 that's why. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. I'm yeah. taking it back to the earlier conversation about the. Oh, I know. No, actually, he he did have. I think he is a conservative because I think he got a lot of backlash in that early on because he said something and I think he was kind of canceled a little bit because he said something that was something that didn't. Let's see. Let Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, look it up, Sid. He said something back in the day, like, I mean, I I think he said, like, I, I think it was during the Me Too thing, he said something that offended people, and he was like, I'm not taking it back. That's just what I feel, so. Well, the number two spot, The Lincoln Lawyer, second place was 7.5. Wait, wait a second. That, that, that movie's been old. Yeah, this is the, yeah, the season two, The Lincoln Lawyer. And then season one. Oh, I- I didn't even know there was a. I didn't even know there was a TV show. I was thinking of the Matthew McConaughey movie. I was like, man. Yeah, this is a this is a series. Yeah. There's Matthew um, McConaughey in it. And then Tom Segura Sledgehammer uh, stand up special uh, is the number three um, okay. show on Netflix right now. Yeah. Is that like the Sledgehammer TV series from the '90s? Do you remember that series? A Sledgehammer TV series. I am. Yeah, not... get look up Sledgehammer TV series. It's pretty funny. I'm not familiar with that. It, it would not work nowadays. I mean, that's. It's about this cop who's like super gun. A lot gun-hunt. of shows. A lot of shows. I mean, happen. it's it's more or less about like, do you remember Tackleberry from a? Uh, it's kind of yeah. like a Tackleberry type of character, mm-hmm. but more comedic. Oh, from Police Academy. From Police Academy. So, it's kind of like that. So this is a show that might be a little woke, but you know what? I do enjoy the show very much, and I don't think it would work as four college guys trying to fuck as many girls as they can in college. This is called the Sex Lives of College Girls. And it's really the opposite. It's four girls. They're exploring their sexuality in college. And uh, that show works as four females, but it would not work as four guys. I think they would get too oh, many. Oh, we'll be careful with it if it's four guys. That's what now, I'm saying. Wait, no, you know? no, wait. If it's four gay guys, it would probably be okay. 
But if it was four straight guys, it would be four canceled. straight guys trying to hook up with guys. And that's the thing. The girls are hooking up with the guys in the show. I, I find the show very entertaining. It, you know, it does remind me a little bit. You know what? College. That gives me an idea. Um, Let's make for Maryland a show with guys that hook up, college guys that hook up with girls to compete with that show. <laughs> would you be paying the, the. I mean, would I would have, have to shave and cut and lose some weight, but I mean. You can, you, you, can you pull up undergrad still, Paul? Is that what you're alluding to? <laughs> We all live guys, in a fantasy world. Guys who go back to college. And oh, <laughs> yes. I was in the military for 30 years. <laughs> Man, I'm not that old. I mean, I'm in my no, 40s. I'm, jo- so I'm, like- I'm joking. I'm joking. But news on Sex Lives of College Girls is that Renee Rapp will be leaving the show for its upcoming third season. She That's is going to She's well, Renee Rapp is. Um, she's best. No, I was saying it's a rap for her character, more or less. <laughs> it's a wrap for her character, exactly. So she's best known for her Broadway work on Mean Girls, the musical, as Regina George. Okay. Um, and she is one of the the four you know roommates living together. She'll be a recurring guest star, but apparently she's going back to, you know, her her music, her love of music, and um, yeah, just getting back into the music industry in general. Well, I'm uh, doing that during my time off, so it's like I might put something out. I'll there you go. Man. But um, you know what? I really I'm curious I'm curious, Paul, if you would actually like the show. And I actually think it's it's really funny. Um, but uh I got I got a few uh episodes in. It stars um now I have a question now. How graphic is it? Is it like PG thirteen graphic or is it like R graphic? So that that might make a difference. Yeah, you know what? I got to see uh Pauline Chalamet's butt. You know, but I think that was really. See, I, I have a hunch that's influencing your decision on this show. Pauline is, as you know, is Timothy Chalamet's sister. Yeah. And and then um and then you. Have, I don't want to see Timothy Chalamet's butt on the show, but I mean. But but you'll see his sister's butt. I'll actually. see his sister. Okay. It's a fun show. It's a fun show. So it's uh, renewed for the third season. I'll check it. Um, and uh, we'll be seeing that. Um, now. I'm curious what Simi thinks because, uh, as you know, models have evolved today because models are not necessarily the tall runway types anymore. And now we're seeing a documentary based on the original supermodels with Simi Crawford, Naomi Campbell, Linda Evangelista, and Chris Turlington. And I was curious why mainstream modeling has moved away from you know like the leggy supermodels and um you know, that's, that, that, i might have an insight on in that though because you know my uh, my grandmother was a supermodel back in the 50s and then really uh, the, the woman like there was he was she was my i guess she was friends with my grandmother back in the time my grandmother died when i was real young by i more or less was knew my uh step-grandmother and she was okay. also a model back in the day and they they she told me stuff so it's like uh, i guess it's just well, it's I mean, depending. first of all, the Victoria's Secret uh, uh, runway show, the special is not on anymore. You know, modeling has changed. They're, they're, it's evolving. It's it, There's, you know, there's diversity in body, ethnicity, yep. disability, um, see, age. See, the, the, the thing is, I mean, I, Martha Stewart on the Martha, cover of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit. Yeah, so yeah see, my so, logic is that, though, like, models were like, it was more like you had, it was more showing and sh- somebody being in shape and being healthy but now it's like people are like hey we're not in shape and we're not healthy but 
we want the same recognition. I mean, I don't, I don't mind anybody on the way they want to look, but right. if you're trying to aspire to be something, you should be an example. You know what I mean? You shouldn't be. I mean, I'm not to pick on Lizza for her weight. Some people right. might want to be like that, but she's, she's not trying she's to be not, a mom, but, but so. her, but but her lifespan is going to be shorter than somebody who's in shape. You know what I mean? It, I mean, I'm not trying health. to be. But I yeah. think what they what they started doing is going. It's trying to make everybody feel good. Hold which, on, Paul. Well, let's hear that. Trying, let's trying to make sure not to make everybody feel good, but it's it, it all has its roots in capitalism, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to sell more clothes, and you want people to feel like they can buy your clothes instead of seeing yeah. just somebody that's super thin. So then you got to market it to different people who see their body type in it. Without going to the store, they need to know that they can make it to the store, especially with all the online shopping and stuff like that. You're right. You want people to mm-hmm. see themselves in your clothes to sell them. So you have to do a little bit more diverse marketing. It's not just marketing to women and the men who buy clothes for the women. Yeah, you're right. Anymore. Yeah, and that's the big thing about the well, like, you know, like, I mean, you're right, because I mean, if you even think about the Barbies, think about the Barbies back in the day. Like, I mean, I, I sell them at the flea market because I sell action figures and stuff. And I do sell some just to keep the girls happy. But it's like 46 or 47 different like versions of it. like different races, different body sizes, different whatever. Yeah. You, you or even it. like or even like me, like some shows. I mean, I was up to 380 pounds in one show. And then like now I'm like maybe about like two, 250, 260. And I'm going to get down to like 230 or 240 for a show. So it's like you like changing the body to fit a certain role or certain thing that's what you have to do sometimes right yeah and that's what this um documentary that they're putting on apple tv it's it's uh, it's a four-part documentary called the supermodels and uh basically follows the legends of the catwalk and how they began their careers and dominated those those four girls were were i mean Cindy Crawford. Well, a lot, had, a lot of them had the eating issues i mean i've dated yeah. models and stuff but, and it's yeah. like and it kind of sucks because you could take somebody out for like a nice meal that might cost you like 50, 60, maybe even a hundred bucks. And then they're like, oh, oh I thought that the bathroom. And then it's like, you know, they just threw out the meal that you just bought for. And it's like, man, that's kind of a girl hey. from a bougie taste. Yes, I've been victim of that many, but many. It ta- but it tasted good going down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it tastes good going down. So, well, I mean, like, it would be nice to, st- I, I, the verse, the, the little combination. Let's not take all beautiful fit women out of there yeah. and you know let's, let's mix it up you know and let's keep some traditions alive like the victoria's secret fashion show yeah, I, well, even like day. the sports illustrated swimsuit yeah. issue i mean it's supposed to be an advertisement of sports illustrate because it's supposed to be healthy yeah athletic people now you okay. have guys on it and you have trans models you have like moms grandmoms i mean it's like it's like Martha Stewart, you had your first trans Yeah, I mean, I, I understand the, the diversity of it, but, yeah. I mean, that's not the purpose of that issue. The purpose of that issue was to show what you could achieve if you work hard or, like, I mean, some of it may be genetics, but some of it's also hard work, some of it's diet, some of it's exercise. It's like, mm. should you take, like, somebody like a Ronda Rousey who worked their entire lives to keep in shape and then put them with somebody like Martha Stewart or Lizzo. It's like, or a guy who's Come on, that, pretending that's, to be. That's I definitely mean, not what it was. It was softcore porn. Uh, no, well, guy, guys, that, but yeah. that's what originally was for 
I, I didn't see that. That was their excuse for it. Okay, that, that was their excuse for it. The demographic of the Sports Illustrated um, swimsuit magazine, or just the, the Sports Illustrated magazine itself, is is, is straight men. Yep. That 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 watch sports, that play sports. So mm-hmm. why wouldn't you keep that that target look of what the? I mean, I don't yep. know. I mean, there's yeah, a see, lot Bob of other tried to change their look and it kind of backfired on them. So yeah, that was a uh, that was something else. But that's on Apple TV. Um, let's uh, move on to Paramount Plus because I know you guys worked on the show. Special Ops Linus just dropped a an extended trailer. It's good to see our boy Michael Kelly from House of Cards. Yeah. Uh, more and more scenes in that trailer. Of course, Zoe Saldana, beautiful. Uh, love seeing her. And um, the only thing they I, I do have a criticism. Okay. This is me being a weapons expert. Your Darth Paul. Me with, me with working with all the SWAT team guys, I was not playing playing a SWAT team guy. I was playing the EOD bomb guy. But they, the stunt people really need to learn how to handle weapons on a set. They don't. There's some scenes where don't really charge into buildings with oh. weapons that way. But that's we don't. Just we don't need scene. a rust situation for sure. But uh, no, I mean they, they weren't. They weren't. They were plastic weapons. But, but still, you, it's just did it's you just notice an unrealistic the way of them. There were people who did not know how to hold the weapons right when they were running into a building. So wait, did you notice in the trailer? And a couple of them, no, I I noticed they were on set. Hold on, this is on set, but this was on set. Maybe they didn't include the people that was holding it incorrectly. They probably edited that stuff out if they weren't holding it correctly. No, no. No, 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 no. That's what guys were telling me about. This. Okay. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, you're on set. The, what you see, what everybody sees on set is going to be different from what the audience sees in the final. Yeah. I realize this, right? Okay. So they're not, if somebody's really botching the way hold, they're holding a gun, they're not going to fucking put that in the TV show. They're going to. I mean, a couple of them did trip, but I think that was taken out. Yeah. But a couple of them oh. did trip going into the. Okay. Are you guys excited know, for the show? I mean, it's a it's a Baltimore. It's you know. It was a fun a, show. I mean, I think it's a good show, and I think it would be a good show to come back. But I don't know what the storyline is. Uh, it might or might not. Let's see what the numbers do. Hopefully, people will tune in and watch. And if the numbers mm-hmm. are good, I would love for them to come back. I, I missed my opportunity. I auditioned, uh, didn't book, but uh, and then was unavailable for one or only one or two days. They asked I me. mean, if you want me to work with you on weapons training, maybe that one might help you get on there easier. If you're you think that might help, training. get some weapons training. Help. I'm not opposed to that, Big Paul. If Darth Paul wants to show me the double-edged lightsaber, uh, we can make Well, that, that doesn't sound good at all, Al. <laughs> oh, Dar- well, Darth Maul had the double-edged lightsaber. I don't want to show you my lightsaber. Okay. <laughs> I don't think, if you put it that way, then no, I do not want to see your lightsaber. <laughs> I am going to be working with people. with the, Like, if if you do need to learn how to use uh, handle swords and stuff, I am going to be working with people on that. Um going into All the play right. thing but i don't know if that's i don't know how much of that's going to be used or not so okay well if you were if you're on the blade the film shoot then um well, no, no it's going to be a while it's going to be a while it's going to be a while i'm thinking probably maybe a year or two because it's getting pushed back, oh, and pushed back and pushed back so i i think it's going to be a while um i'm sure you're excited about this trailer it's for twisted metal peacock's new series based on the popular playstation game Starring Captain America's own uh, Anthony Mackie. We have Nev Campbell. See, he's the real Captain America. I don't like Chris Evans. I think Chris Evans is just a hack. Chris Evans is a hack? Oh, you're being sarcastic. No, honestly, I don't like Chris Evans. 
Oh, you honestly? Just, no, uh, you're being serious. I mean, like anything he does, really? he just seems to not be that good of an actor. I, I think he got into a wow. good role, and I think I mean he trained hard. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm like that's cool, but I mean, like it's like his acting is just like I mean I didn't like him on Knives Out. I thought he was just kind of he was kind of he he plays a good smarmy guy, I guess, but still just kind of seemed like you still have to ask me. Okay. I guess like he he never won an Academy Award. Sure, he go, was go ahead. he he was pretty good in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh, yeah, but that was early. That was early, early though. He's he's kind of like he's yeah, that, got complacent, that, I think. That's it. That was that. I mean, that that was a, that was a coming of age film where Mary Elizabeth Winstead was in and Michael Sarah. But he was a nobody t- at that point in time. So I'm talking yeah. about like since since he's gotten like he seems to have a big head. He seems to be like I don't even know, be, seems... even before that the the movie The Sea is not another teen movie. Now Chris oh, Evans, yeah. yeah, Chris Evans yeah. shines in that one too. <laughs> Absolutely, he does, he does great in those type of roles. But so maybe young did. Chris Evans was good, but old Chris Evans is kind of right. like, hey, I'm better than you. I'm not that good of an actor, and he's well, just not you, that good of an actor. Did you guys see the Twisted Metal trailer? There is a professional wrestler in the trailer. Um, did you know that, Big Paul? Did you know that Samoa Joe is in Twisted Metal? Yeah, I, I didn't know he was going to be in there originally. No. Yes, he he's so. So uh, Samoa Joe is the murderous, murderous clown sweet tooth, but the voice is provided by Will Arnett. So here's, here's an interesting segue between the last show we just talked about and Twisted Metal. Some of the same crew from Twisted Metal was working on Lioness. Oh, that's really? cool. Yeah. But aren't they, uh, they shot in Maryland? Yeah, they shot in completely different places. No, no, they, they came up from Louisiana. and they Oh, okay. That's cool. Working. Yeah. Oh, Louisiana was where uh, Twisted Metal yeah. was shot. Yeah. Oh, yep. that's a pretty interesting tie-in. I mean, and as I said, there were a lot of, like, like even, like, was it the, the military expert? He knew his stuff. So he knew, I was sitting there talking to him the entire time. Was he one of the ones involved in Twisted Metal, too? Because if uh, he was, he, he might have been able to. A lot of the people there were because they were uh, working on Lioness while some of us were still working on Lady in the Lake. Oh, that's cool. Baltimore was hot that that year. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of work. Hopefully, it gets hot again because we need some more shows off here. We certainly do. Um, but if you saw the trailer, uh, it's interesting because they have a red band trailer, which I love. I love that they have cursing trailers nowadays. And it said, 20 years ago, the world fell to shits. Cities put up walls to protect themselves and threw criminals out to fight over what was left. <laughs> so that's the voiceover narration, and it was kind of uh, you know. Good to hear, you know, a curse word during a, a narration. You know, you, you, yeah. you don't even expect it, you know. Um, and on network TV, Fox has a show called Crapopolis, which is uh Dan Harmon's new animated series. Dan, of course, is the brains behind Rick and Morty. And it will I'm uh, they, they gave him a series because wasn't he canceled? It was not Dan Harmon, it was Dustin Roiland, the voice. Oh, just, just, okay, yeah, I got that. Okay. It was the voice, yeah. Dan was not canceled. And uh, and it's crazy because he wasn't even the thing about um, Dustin Rowland. He was actually canceled before he was even able to prove himself right or wrong or to go to trial. Yeah, that's not either. So, so I don't did, know. Did they, they do a trial or anything yet, or is it still kind of up and is it still kind of happening? Oh, he's he's gone from Rick and Morty. They're they're. Well, I know that. But I mean, are they going to do a trial? Because I mean, I wonder if they're going to bring him back if they I find imagine, him. Like, yeah. I'm, you know, I, I mean, they kind of just uh, went a little quiet on that on, on that on that front. Because that's kind of what happened with Johnny Depp. They they're like, eh, we're not we're now open to using Johnny Depp as a 
because Jack he was Kerrigan. able to successfully prove, prove that his Amber Heard was yeah was the uh, now uh, that's that's uh, where Warner Brothers is making a mistake because they originally were going to recast her and then they're like eh, we're going to go with her and it's like I don't know if that's going to work because look what happened with, with Flash I mean just the backlash yeah. for Flash yeah I mean I, I don't get me wrong I think Ezra Miller did a good job I liked the movie I thought the Flash movie was fine I mean just I think because of that controversy a lot of people just didn't see it. That's the thing, and then they have. I mean, did you did have, you see it, Sammy? Was that the Flash I movie? Not. I did not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would check it out. It's pretty good. It's I, a great that's film. What, that's what I keep hearing. But again, it was marred. It probably was marred by Ezra Miller. And then, of course, yeah. you have another PR nightmare with, um, you know, um, what's his name, Majors, Jonathan Majors, with uh, he's now facing possible domestic. Uh, well, I think uh, they said conditions. that he. He actually cleared his name. Did he clear his, oh, name? He clear his name? Yeah. Okay. Well, are they yeah. going to bring him back as king, or are they going to like just still like, good, good news does not travel as fast as bad news. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah, you're right. You're right. If he was in the clear, if he was you know found not guilty, or if they if see, the, that's the, that's the thing that you have to worry about nowadays. I mean, look at a. Did you see how Keanu handles things? Like, I mean, he's so afraid of getting canceled. Like, he puts his arm like this around a woman because he doesn't want to like get accused of anything. Yeah, or maybe it's out of respect to. Oh, he was, well, you know, he also won't go in the same room with a woman by himself. It's like he's just really. Yeah, he's okay. like precautionary. Mm-hmm. He's precautionary. Speaking of not precautionary, no precautionary. Fran Drescher. So apparently, we know we have the strike, and she's the president of SAG-AFTRA. Yeah. She has come. Uh, she's got some criticism because she took a weekend trip to Italy to participate in a Dolce Gabbana promotional event, and as the president of SAG-AFTRA, the um, you know potential strike that would be happening was not a good look apparently because he's the president of SAG. I think, I think right now the problem is with the strike. I think it is going to happen uh, right now. You know about the union, right? Supposedly there's two groups. There's um. Membership first, which is mainly New York and L.A. actors, and there's everybody else. And I think Fran represents everybody else, but the New York and L.A. contingents represent what they want done. So I think there's a split in SAG right now. I'm not. I'm. I don't even know if there be. I don't know if SAG is going to eventually break apart or not. I mean, at this point, because I mean, I think if some decides to go on strike, the others might not. Because if you look at the did you look at who's deciding? We have one representative from D.C., Maryland, none from Pennsylvania, none from anywhere else, and it's all L.A. and California deciding if we go on strike or not. And I, I just don't think that's right. Well, there's I mean, a lot more offices all over the U.S. No, I'm talking about the one. Yeah. Did you see the, the? They send a list out of the people. You're saying there's are, only one. You're no, the representatives that are voting on whether we go to strike or not. There's, there's only, only one, one person from D.C., Maryland. Okay. Everybody else is all New York. L.A., New York, L.A., New York, L.A. There's no other SAG being represented. That's I think that's a major issue that needs to be addressed. And unless they all have the proxy votes from them already, as you know, we. I, I don't think that, I don't think that's why that's the way it was worded when they sent the, the the email out. You guys probably had the email someplace. It looked like they said, "Here's who's representing yeah. the, the whether we go on strike or not." And I was like, when I saw that, I was like. Yeah. That's almost a done deal, but we're going to go on. What do you think of Fran Drescher going to an event? Now, I, I see. I don't have a problem. I, I don't have a problem with that either. As I said, because right now we we're, we're kind of put on hold. Yeah, to, and it's not even um, July twelfth yet. 
And it's a fashion event. It's Dolce Gabbana. So it's like. But, but I think she's going to be attacked also because she also stood up against the vaccine mandates. Like, I mean, I understand early on you needed them. But when you proven that did not stop the spread, I think that was an issue. I mean, because people were just using it as a political thing after that. Yeah. And, that and, and, and then it was hurting other people. I mean, medically, I was already at because medically I couldn't do it. But other, I know for the Philadelphia area, at least a third. I would say even maybe even more. Could not you don't work. have to worry about it anymore, Big Paul. I know, but that said, nobody was standing up for those people. And it's, yeah. I, I just that's, so that's, old, that's, old, that's old news, Paul. We're, we're out of the pandemic. Nobody has to test on set anymore. That's a non-issue. Mm-hmm. So we can move on. I mean, I don't mind testing on set. Hey, I would test on set every day. We, we if get I had, that extra $100. We get that extra $100. Cool. I, I don't even care about that. As I said, if it makes people feel safe, that's fine. I would do that. But when the vaccine proved to be nothing, that's what I had the issue when you're forcing somebody to do something against their will. That's why they finally said well, we're no longer in a pandemic. And that's why uh, that's why the, the protocols on set uh, followed suit and no longer test the people unless they're doing an intimate yeah. scene. I think that's the only case where they have to do it. Yeah, I mean, they, as I said, uh, you want everybody to be safe and you want everybody to be happy and you don't yeah. want people to get sick on set. Nobody wants to get sick on set. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And, and the uh, testing yeah. was fine. I, I don't care about the test. Well, OK, again, we're, we're past that. We're in 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, the strike is obviously not about the COVID restrictions. It's it's about other things. But I know, but I mean, but I'm just saying the represent the people. There's people who are representing us that should not be representing us. I think they should have representatives from every right. area deciding whether we go on strike or not. Okay. But do you think we should still? Is it? Do you think it's okay to still have industry events after the 12th if we're on strike? You think it's still? Okay? Um, are you talking about like uh, just like well, things that the, like the offices? Well, like premieres, like Haunted Mansion has a premiere on July 15th, for instance. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be most after. something you've already done, I think it would be right. Because, I mean, you're also promoting not just the actors, you're promoting the special effects people, you're promoting the writers, you're promoting... Because if that film makes well, money, everybody makes money. should be awarded for their so work. So I, I think that yes. should be... I think that should still be... Promotion should still be yeah. done. I mean... If they say, hey, they don't want us to work, that's one thing. I mean, right now, the show I was working on got shut down because of the writer's strike. And it's just more or less because people are, I think, protesting it. Which Yeah. Know. If it's in the can, I think it should proceed. Mm-hmm. Stuff that are but still... It, but if it's not... But I mean... But, uh, but I think a union is being weakened. And I think a lot of people did leave after the vaccine mandates. And I think that's that's one thing we need to address. Whether... Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to say anything against anybody but it's just like as i said once it was proven it did not stop the spread it, they should have yeah. looked after everybody because that the, the purpose of you know is we're, 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 every actor we're, picky, we're going back to that paul but you know as you know it's no longer uh, con- considered an issue now so. but but my, my issue is as i said who's voting on whether we go on strike or not i think it should be better represented i think it should be represented from all areas like every area should have a representative there instead of just certain areas and granted we have one but i mean philadelphia has zero which philadelphia and that's not right i mean it's i know new york's close we don't have any from pittsburgh i mean there are even though the sag's not said pittsburgh's right to work there's still a sag office we should have a representative there we have even atlanta probably has sag offices to be honest with you and that's the right to work of course area. so even the right to work area should have representatives Voting on it should be a representative from every yeah. 
office, not just representatives from New York and LA because they're the biggest offices. And yeah. what they say goes, and I don't think that's right for everybody because yeah. that's going to cost people jobs. That's going to cost shows to be canceled. That's going to cost hurt areas that doesn't affect them. Cause I mean, New York has what, who knows, 60, 70 shows, multiple movies going at a time. Same with LA. It's like, right. but everybody else is going to suffer because other people choose to go on strike. Cause I don't, I don't agree. I agree. If they're trying to I force, think, I think that's the, how it's the AI stuff. Cause you, you have to, you have to at least have a few representing the many. And mm-hmm. I think it's going to work that way. And you may not get somebody from everywhere but you can have people talk to those people and then carry their votes forward. With yeah. So, but, but they might, whether they do or not, that's the but, thing. But we don't know whether they did or not. So, yeah. And, and the other thing is, as I said, I agree. We need to do something about AI. That's something that's an issue. I don't we think we're going to address all that. We have to address all I, that. I don't think we're going to address, I don't think we're going to get anything on the streaming things because streaming's already starting to lose money they're not going to give us a penny extra. I, I can almost guarantee it. And there'll be like, yeah. they might just go all non-union with the stream, streaming stuff. That's that the happens, thing. So. The residuals you get on a streaming show is, is far, far less than that of a, a I'm, I'm well aware of it, but as I said, we just, so, they, if they're not making money, they're not going to agree to give us any they, more money. They are making money. They wouldn't no. be, they wouldn't be doing it. If they there's some, they're not making as much money as they thought. I think they That's, thought originally it would replace the film industry and it did in the backfire. Like Disney Plus is it sinking. It did. There, some of them, their, some their of them did, production yeah. budgets are not the production, but their uh, film budget for what they're going to spend for the entire year is into the billions. Yeah, no. I mean, so like, maybe, and they have, and like, yeah, like, uh, what do you call it? Um, the, the Rings of Power. Rings of Power is the most expensive one ever. But they're losing money because they're not getting the views they need. So if you're because spending all that money and still losing money, it's like they're not going to be willing to give more residuals when you keep losing money. So anybody who's putting out content that the people don't want to see is going to lose money. I'm just saying they're making money. They're just spending it wrong. Yes. There you go. There you go. There you go. Well, we, I guess we, maybe they just need to be more selective on what they put out, I guess. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, before Netflix was just like, hey, they just greenlit everything. Yeah. Well, let's move on because it's, it's getting late and we um, just a couple celebrity gossip things. Mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey okay. is currently in court, as you know, speaking of House of Cards, we talked about Robin Wright earlier. He's he's facing 12 charges. Let me guess. Different... <laughs> he's facing 12 charges for four different men. And the latest one, there it was described... Uh, Wow, this is really disturbing. So apparently, uh, the individual um, that took the stand talked about uh, how Spacey was the artistic director at the Old Vic Theater, and apparently they Kevin phoned him and met for a walk. So he's asking a student for a walk. Mm-hmm. Then they went to Kevin Spacey's flat, drank a couple beers, and then he he sort of was like flirting with him, up. Uh, Kevin was rubbing his face and uh, his face into his crotch. And then he was like, you know, pushing him away, this guy. Right. And then apparently they smoked weed. He was, you know, he was able to successfully push him off for a little while. This is where it gets really bad. Well, how old was the guy? He was drinking. He was smoking weed. And then he fell asleep from smoking too much weed. He wakes up and Kevin's face is going down on him. 
Oh, yeah, that's that's on. Wow. Holy shit. It's that's really bad. So the actor, which I don't think he's named in this article, he pushed them off, told them to stop, and then Space said, I think it's best you go. So he told him to stop. Wow. I think it's best you go because now you're awake. And then uh, he cried. He said, des- described how he cried and he was depressed about it and and things like that. So, yeah, very. But but you said these are students. How old are they? Because that might be like major jail time. If it's... I think they were of age. They're this, they're, okay. they're, this is the old Vic Theater, I guess, where he was the artistic director of this theater. Okay. So they, they, you know, they sought out Kevin for mentorship and it was anything but mentorship, obviously. Yeah, you don't, you don't want that type of mentorship. Exactly. And then you were asking about Jamie Foxx. Yeah, he made a public appearance on a yacht over the weekend after being out of the public eye. And he was waving to a passerby from the yacht. He was okay. He seemed like a really cool guy. But... He seemed like it was okay. It was one of his first public appearances since April. But you would think that if all these people are saying something, you would just put out a statement saying, hey, I'm fine. I don't know what you guys are talking about. That's that's the mm-hmm. thing that worries me about it. I mean, if, yeah. if he just came out and did that, I, hey, I'd be like, hey, that's cool. That's, all these people are morons. But, yeah. but without a public statement, it's like, I, I don't know why. I mean, I, I can't see him like being the type to just milk me like, hey, I was fine the whole time. Uh, yeah. you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, it's really a crazy people are, mystery. People are legitimately concerned about him. It's like it's not well, like they're saying, they "Hey, said, they said he was on his deathbed." They said that the wor- they're expecting the worst. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. his daughter's saying that he was out playing pickleball, and then now he's like on his yacht. So it's like. But then also somebody said, but then also somebody said he was blind and he's half paralyzed. So I don't, you don't know who to believe until he actually comes out and says. And it's well, like, why is he letting it go like that? He's clearly not blind if he's waving to a passerby from a yacht. I don't think he's blind. Well, he wears sunglasses a lot, so it's hard to tell. <laughs> And then uh, I think Sachi and Paul, you brought up Madonna. I think you were making a mask reference, but Madonna, as you know, she was in really rough shape. You know, she was in the hospital for for a while, and she had to cancel or But uh, she had a bacterial infection that resulted in her was being it plastic surgery, or I don't know. She's had very very extreme plastic surgery, but I don't think that the bacterial infection was due to that. Um, but um, she was in a, a rehearsals for her celebration tour. Well, I feel bad yeah. for that. I mean, it's like, as I said, it's just uh, like, I mean, like I could dye my hair now and look like I'm in my 30s, but it's like, well, why did it unless I have to do it for a specific thing? Or or do the college uh, sex guys mm-hmm. and college girls spinoff, right? Sex I think we should guys. do that. I, I think I propose that. Like, let's see if we can get a stag budget for that. I I think that would have been called uh, real life (laughs) and and nobody is there. Women are trying to get away from that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So that's why that's why the reverse works when it's four girls trying to. Right. I mean, look, when it when it was big, it was sort of okay, And then they tried to do the reverse in Wonder Woman 84 and. yeah. yeah, I mean, it just didn't it it didn't fly. Did not fly. Yeah. Um, I think I'm pretty much all is done. Um, just, so, oh, I figured we'd save the the WWE talk. I mean, if Simi wants to to um, I mean, do you want to weigh on WWE? We could we could talk a little bit about WWE. 
Simi, I know that you're not currently watching the product. If you if you want to, um, it's gotten a lot better. I'll be honest with you. Or you can stick around. We're probably going to wrap up in ten minutes. <laughs> it's up I to mean, you. I, what are we talking about? Which which? Uh, just some which, some WWE it? stuff. There's preliminary matches. There's matches set up for SummerSlam so far in WWE's. I'd say the number two uh, premium live event uh, is SummerSlam, right right below WrestleMania. Some people can argue it's yeah. Survivor Series, but really it is SummerSlam. Well, I, I think SummerSlam is like getting uh, pushed up now because I think they're trying to compete more with AEW so they have two big giant so, shows back to back. So there's no uh, official matches yet, but they're really building up feuds that you know is going to happen. So let's go let's go down the tentative list, right, shall we? All right. So they're already hinting at Jay Uso challenging Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship, as you know, saw on SmackDown. Jay Uso wasn't that what they had what, what they did before originally when like Jay Uso pledged his allegiance to Reigns, like he he was the one who was kind of standing up against Reigns. Or, or was that Jim? Well, initially he was. That's crazy. They're kind of revisiting this yeah. angle again because Jay did have a match with Roman Reigns, but this time it is for the Universal Championship. And um, interesting enough, Jay Uso pinned Roman Reigns, which I was incorrect. I thought Roman Reigns and Solskjaer were going to uh, uh, defeat the Usos in um, the last pay-per-view, Money in the Bank, but that wasn't the case. Um, that was not the case. Jay Uso, Jay Uso pinned Roman Reigns in a big shock, man. I thought it was um, – wait, wait, you're speaking like you saw that, Simi. I actually did see that. Did you really? So you you are a wrestling fan. See, I wasn't sure if you were or not. I I I I am not the biggest fan, but I have to uh, I have to say that I tune in once. In you a tune while. in once in a while. Okay. So well, maybe he should do some picks with us too every so maybe often. Maybe you should when we do the picks. Then yeah. Because <laughs> uh, right now, well, we'll get to the picks in a second. We'll just go over this uh, card right here. So Roman Reigns, yes, defending against Jey Uso, building up for that. Looks like they're building up for a triple threat for the women's championship for Oscar to defend against Charlotte Flair and Bianca Belair. Not confirmed yet, but it looks like they're going that direction. That sounds like a strong match. Gunther against Drew McIntyre for the Intercontinental Championship. I think that's going to be 100% going to happen. And now they're hinting at Rhea Ripley defending the Women's World Championship against Raquel Rodriguez. They started that, you know, stare down on raw this past monday so very very possibly that will happen do you think that's gonna I, be a triple threat and that uh live in there or no um i'm not sure about that i think the money match is to have Rhea and raquel they're both super tall women yeah okay yeah i guess you're right because like, live is kind of kind of like they're kind of like amazon type women and i think they're gonna like battle it out i think it would look good we're definitely going to see Logan Paul versus Ricochet. They already started that feud on Raw, and uh, this is a following up, I believe, from the Money in the Bank match that they had. We'll see that. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus. That should probably that, that one-on-one match should happen. Um, and of course, Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler. So, uh, yeah, um, I think uh, Paul, you picked um, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez to to. Uh, be the tag champs, and I thought Ronda yeah. and Shayna would retain, but you you uh, were correct, Paul. Uh, and then it resulted in the, the feud now between Shayna and Ronda. The, you yeah. know, the, they broke up as a tag team. Shayna turned on Ronda. That kind of makes sense because I mean they both had the same skill set. So, and I think it's they they could put off a great match, and it's also rumored that Ronda 
her time is running out in WWE and that she's ready to move on. But I'm kind of, I would be kind of upset to see her go because at one point she was the hottest um, female talent in the locker room. And now she's kind of been, I, I think she needs to work on the mic a little bit. I, 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 skills. Yeah. Even that's what it is. She definitely so does. Maybe even if she just class. takes some time off, get some acting classes and she might actually come back better, stronger, kind of like Brock. You know, remember how she Brock had, didn't talk? She has acting experience. It's funny you mentioned that. Yeah, but it's just minor parts. And she says like one or two words. She really doesn't act much. Yeah. Or she plays herself. Timmy, you had a comment. She doesn't doesn't have a character. She is herself. Other Mm -hmm. than the baddest woman on the planet, who she actually is. Well, arguably. Yeah, Yeah, but like like Brock got her ass handed to her. Yep. Yeah. But Brock was more interesting when he came out as the farmer guy that could talk. Instead of just being like the tough guy who Paul Heyman had to talk for, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the last match of the car, uh, guys. Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. This is going to be the rubber match. So, as you know, Cody's got one, Brock's got one. Uh, expect a stipulation for this match, but um, I'm glad they're, they're concluding it at SummerSlam. I think it's a good way to um, wrap up that feud, right? Wouldn't you yeah. say? I was kind of hoping it would go to WrestleMania, but. Yeah. But you're curious about the picks. All right. Well, for the the, the picks champion, uh, previously was co-champions, myself and Wes Whitlock were the co-champions after Money in the Bank. We know we now have a solo champion. <laughs> That's Wes Whitlock. He, uh, yeah, he, he, did, he, he, he went out. No, nobody he, agreed with some of his picks. He predicted six out of seven matches correctly. That's amazing. With only... The only match he predicted incorrectly was uh, Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey retaining, and everyone else, including. And, well, I'm talking about I'm talking about Wes specifically. Okay, yeah. Yeah, no. So Wes, I'm talking Wes specifically. The only match he predicted incorrectly was Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler. He got everything else right. He actually even picked Damian Priest and Neo Sky to win the Money in the Bank briefcase. I, 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 that, that that was a. I thought he was going out on whim. Whim on he, that. I, I thought he was going on a limb. Damian Priest, like, mm-hmm. you know, now, now I see it on Ron, he's getting the push, but he was always second yeah. to fiddle to Balor yeah. and Mysterio, you know? Yeah. So, um, yes, Wes, uh, first place. He is currently the picks champion for BTB. In second place, happy to say, Darth Paul Wallace and Mike Darty tying for four out of seven matches predicted correctly. Congratulations. Big Paul, you predicted Gunther would retain, Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez would win, the Usos would win, and Cody Rhodes would win. So those are the four matches you predicted. Uh, Mike Doherty also tied with you in four matches. He predicted Seth Rollins, Gunther, Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, and the Usos uh, would be victorious. The loser this uh, for this month is yours truly. I only predicted three out of seven matches predi- correctly. Wow, I've been the champ for so long, and I I I did a really lousy job for the picks. See, you I, weren't you weren't using the Vince McMahon factor because you have to think about how Vince would handle stuff instead of Triple H. He does the wild cards, but <laughs> I predicted Seth Rollins, Gunther, and Cody Rhodes correctly. The rest I got wrong. But you know what? The majority of us picked Jake Paul to win the Money in the Bank, and I thought he really was going to win because he was the perfect person. But Damon Priest won, you know. And then all yeah. of us, uh, Paul, we, we all predicted Jake Paul would win. Yeah. You know? So that was a big Simi could do some picks now. <laughs> what is that? Simi could do picks next 
Uh, Sammy, are, are I'm you not, not quite yet. Not yet. You do, not yet. You're not yet. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you, you're not. Okay. <laughs> not, not at the yet. point yet to do, but maybe sometime down the road. Yeah. You just kind of have to follow. The thing is, wrestling, you kind of have to follow it. If and if you think about it, Raw and SmackDown kind of give clues yeah. to the winners because sometimes the guy doing the job on those shows that week before the pay per view will win. You know, they kind of like the flip flop. You know. But you know I thought was weird. Did you hear that that people are going to start game? They might start gambling on wrestling matches. It's like I don't know how that would work because couldn't like they just like if Vince could just bet on it and it'd be like I, I know who's going to win. There's integrity. It's not like a real sport. You can't do. A, yeah, as I said, you can change your stuff at the last minute. That's the thing. McMahon could easily tell somebody that he knows and to play a bet for him at Vegas yeah. and win. That's so that, that, you can't you can't have wrestling bets. I don't know if you can bring John Cena back. Anything's possible. Yeah, there but John Cena's always just played John Cena, so John Cena can do anything, I guess. Yeah. But um, I didn't really prepare much wrestling. I, I figured I'd just go over the, the SummerSlam card. But uh, just a couple things that I do have. Undertaker actually did an interview on a podcast. He talked how Bray Wyatt should return to his Wyatt, Wyatt family persona. He thinks he was the strongest and most over it with that persona. And I think the, that was uh, – he just got bad bookings. Yeah. I don't know. He he says that the, the Wyatt family, Bray, that's the money. I mean, but but the problem is right now, like, what's his name's hurt? Um, uh, Strowman, and then like, you, you could bring back Eric the Red. I mean, I guess you could bring him back because I think he's just kind of out there doing indie shows. Um, but but you lost uh, Luke Harper, and I think that's a big Luke loss. Harper so it's like sadly passed away. So can you bring a wide family back with no family? You know, I mean, I think Braun Strowman and and you bring back um, Eric, Eric the Red. Mm-hmm. But is he on the contract? So I don't know if that would. would he's work. he he's I think he's like doing like, from what I understand, I know he's doing like a lot of local shows. Uh, okay. Definitely in Pennsylvania because of people, apparently he's doing like every local show in Pennsylvania. So I guess he is kind of like a free agent type of guy. He might be doing some impact stuff too, but mm. I don't think he's under contract with with anybody big right now. Yeah. But I don't really have any news. So I think we're gonna wrap up the tonight's show. Um, but of course, we just got our rest in pieces that we shout out. Um, actress Betty St. John, who uh, worked with Carrie Grant and Deborah Kerr in the romantic comedy Dream Wife, had passed away. Andrew Evans, the popular soap star from One Night to Live, sadly passed away at the age of 66. Uh, John Doyle, who was a Broadway musical actor, and he was Mr. Science in the first season of Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Hmm. He sadly passed away due to cancer at the age of 68. And this one's sad. At the young age of 48, Jeffrey Carlson, he was one of the first trans characters on ABC's All My Children, died at the age of 48. No cause or location was disclosed. It's rumored that it was due to suicide. But anyways, rest in peace to them. And of course, with death, we celebrate life. Um, For those, another trip around the sun. Stephen Lang from Avatar 71. Mindy Sterling. From he's her- 71. 71. For a 71 guy, year old, he's pretty jacked. Yeah, yeah. he's pretty great shape. Uh, Mindy Sterling from Austin Powers. Remember her? The right-hand woman yep. to uh, Dr. Evil. She's 70. Yep. And as I mentioned already, Peter Murphy from the Bauhaus, 66. Happy birthday, Peter. Um, Lisa Rinna is 60. 
Um, Michael Rosenbaum of Smallville 51, Little Kim is 49, and um, actor Connor Paulo from Revenge is 33. That's birthdays today. And that's wrapping up tonight's uh, BTB. Um, that's right. I would like to thank, of course, uh, earlier in the program, the first half, Post extraordinary Chachi McFly, the king of the 80s. We'd like to thank, of course, Simi Terrell, Simi Pro. Uh, thanks for <laughs> the works. I don't know. Uh, thanks for yeah, coming no, back. I think, that, I think that fits. I mean, just because you can kind of use both names. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Simi, the, the, the Madam Manny. Thanks for joining us on BTB uh, and putting up with Big Paul. That is controversial. So I have to be the bad guy here. You are the. So I guess I am a settler, so I guess I have to be the bad guy. So you have to be the bad guy. You're the. It works. It works here on the show. It works as you're the bad guy. I mean, somebody's got to say the 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 contra, You know, the stuff that. It's hey, Chachi good. comes up with stuff too. So I mean, I'm oh, not the only you, you too. You too. You both. Both of you. Both of you. But nonetheless, Darth Paul Wallace, uh, the Sith Lord. Thanks for coming back on BTB. I'm a Sith Lord. <laughs> I'm Al Celebrity Soto, your host. With the most and closing out tonight's show, a double treat from Star Wars Clone Wars, the animated series. My gosh, at Awesome Con, I talked to Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi, the voice actors, that is. Matt it would Lan- be awesome, won't it? Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Uh, it was, uh, of course, Matt Lanter and um, James Arnold Taylor, uh, the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Those two in tandem closing out tonight's show, guys. So on behalf of everybody on the panel, we will see you guys next week. Until then, peace. Peace. All right, we're here at Awesome Con DC, guys, with Matt Lanter, actor and voice actor extraordinaire. How's your Awesome Con experience been so far, Matt? It's been great. Yeah, DC's been a blast. Um, I've got the family here with me, so we're uh, just doing some, uh, you know, DC tourist things, and uh, nice. Awesome Con has been great so far. It's, it's starting to get a little more crowded out there, but hopefully, I'll get a chance to see the floor. Yeah. So you've been lucky enough to have the, to do the voice of Anakin Skywalker for many, many projects. How overall, how's that been for your career? Uh, it's great. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it, Star Wars is something that's loved worldwide, mm-hmm. and uh, the Clone Wars specifically has a lot of fandom all over yeah. the place. And you know, it, this is our 15th anniversary of when the show came out. So yeah. it, it, it's wild that. I've been working on this 17 years now, yes. um, and you know the show's been out for 15, and it's it's crazy the amount of fandom and, and love for the Clone Wars. It's it's a testament to the great Star Wars storytelling, and and um, you know just uh, it's pretty amazing being a part of that. And when you were asked to uh, portray a live action character in a Mandalorian, what were your thoughts initially? Oh, I mean, Dave said, yeah, it's a kind of a smaller role, and I, yeah. I said. <laughs> I, <laughs> Stop! I want to do it. You yeah, know, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anytime you get a chance to go and play on a, on a real Star Wars live action set, you know it's hard to turn that down. So yeah. yeah. So that's the pleasure of having two characters in the canon, right? Yes, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, three if you well technically a lot more uh, a little auxiliary voices, but three if yeah. you count Vader and, and Anakin is two. That's true. That you can on your on your fandom, you know, like. Well, that, that, that's a fun, nerdy argument. Are they two different people, or are they the same person? <laughs> now, how was the, like, the passing of the torch with, with Hayden? Did you, did you meet with Hayden? Um, did you try to emulate his voice, or did you try to do your own Anakin? 
uh, initially when you were first cast? No, no, no. There was. Uh, I, I actually didn't know I was being cast as Anakin. Uh, I, there was no emulation of, of his voice at all. Actually, I went in and uh, and uh, they, they told me to do kind of what I felt like was a combination of Han and Luke together. And then they told me after I got the job that it was Anakin. So I had no idea. Um, yeah, I mean, no, I, I've talked to Hayden a few times um, just about Anakin, but but recently, like after we were done, um, he's you know super super nice guy. And um, but uh, no, most of my instruction came from from uh, Dave Filoni and, yes. and direction of, of how we wanted to kind of see this Anakin in the Clone Wars. We get to see this Anakin and. and I don't want to make it sound like he's different because he's not. It's the same character, but I think we get to see a phase of Anakin's life where he is—he feels more heroic and he yes. feels more charismatic. And he's at a time in his life where he's sort of top dog as a general. And um, uh, you know, we just we, we, we see him in a, in a different light, which I, I think is wonderful that they have the creative, uh, you know, opportunity, I guess, to expand the character. Yeah. Um, so now when he falls to Vader it's so much more tragic because we we got to know him a little bit as a hero too yeah in the Clone Wars wow such an amazing amazing character what else are you promoting Matt um, you're doing stuff in front of the camera right yeah let's talk about that uh, there's, there's always stuff going on yeah um, you know I'm, I'm I've as you can see from that poster, I've got some some DC animated features I'm yes. a part of. Um, but yeah, you know, there's always things brewing. Um, there's a few in the can, so uh, nothing I can be real specific on. But okay. uh, you'll you'll see me, you'll hear me. Now, is there a particular fandom that you haven't worked on yet? Because you've done Star Wars, you've done DC, you've done a lot of the fandoms already. Is there something yet uh, that you haven't done that's on your bucket list to do? I don't know. Uh, that's somewhat of a common question, I guess, and I yeah. never really know what to say. But okay. I don't know. I, I want to be part of like the Jurassic Park franchise. There you I, go. I love Jurassic Park. Okay, it'd be fun in some capacity to be a part of that whole thing. Uh, final answer. Okay, very cool. Well, there you go, Matt Lanner. He's done pretty much everything in the world of fandom, and uh, he's your Anakin Skywalker from the Clone Wars. Thank you so much for talking with us here at Below the Belt Show. All right, appreciate it, man. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. Guys, we're here with James Arnold Taylor, voice actor extraordinaire, the voice of Obi Wan Kenobi. James, how's your awesome con experience been so far? Well, I should start with hello there, shouldn't I? Yes. <laughs> well, it's it's awesome. It's totally awesome, as my character Johnny Tess would say. <laughs> I love it. Now, of course, Obi-Wan's one of your more renowned characters. I was curious, when you were emulating Obi-Wan, do you take inspiration from um, Ewan from Aaron Gregor or Sir Alec Guinness? Well, I always try to draw a little from both, but when I started, it was very specifically a voice match for Ewan McGregor because it was during the making of uh, Revenge of the Sith that I started doing this over uh, 20 years ago. And so uh, I started with, you know, I have a bad feeling about this master. Yeah. But I, uh, as we progressed into the Clone Wars and Dave Filoni and George Lucas gave us the freedom to take these characters and make them our own, I, uh, you know, brought my own little Alec Guinness in there. These aren't the droids you're looking for, all that. <laughs> and so I take both of them and combine them and you get my Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes, I love it. And as an American, how, how challenging is it to portray a Brit? Oh, you know, uh, not that hard. I, I mean, well, I shouldn't say not that hard. It's, it's um, a great honor 
to get to do it, but I've always had kind of a knack for accents and voices, and so uh, I naturally kind of hear it in my head, and it's not... Essentially, Obi-Wan is my regular voice with a British accent. So if I give myself a British accent, then I go right there. So I think it's... Hopefully it's natural. Hopefully it sounds natural enough, and uh, and it's good enough. It's certainly good. We love it. And looking at your uh, poster, your best of characters, you've done pretty much every fandom, DC... um, my gosh, Star Wars, TMNT. What sticks out, other than Obi-Wan, what sticks up as your top three voices that you love to voice? Oh my goodness. Uh, well, of course, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Jedi Master Plo Koon as well in the Clone Wars. Uh, Johnny Test, who's uh, totally awesome. Um, let's see, uh, Tidus from Final Fantasy X. Okay. Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank. Fred Flintstone, yabba-dabba-doo. Uh, those ones have been the ones that have been kind of the, the most fun to do through the years. Uh, I mean, well, there's tons. I always say I can't choose a favorite. It's whoever I'm voicing at the time. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Now, any um, advice for aspiring voice actors that are trying to break through into the industry? The most important thing is is to know and like your own voice. I think most people don't like the sound of their own voice. And yeah. I always say that it's really important to listen, record yourself as much as possible, read as much as you can, get everything from Dr. Seuss to comic books to, you know, your favorite novel, and read them out loud and do different voices, but also listen to your own voice and hear it and get used to it. That's probably the best advice I can give. Wow, that is fantastic, fantastic advice. Uh, but yes, James Arnold Taylor, the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, um, Matt did a little cameo in The Mandalorian. I was curious if, uh, if we could see James in a future live-action Star Wars uh a project. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? No, I haven't had that honor yet, but okay. uh, maybe someday they'll ask me. You never know. Yeah. If you go to Re- uh, Rise of the Resistance at Galaxy's Edge, mm-hmm. and you'll meet Lieutenant Beck, who oh, is yeah. your uh, Mon Calamari, and that would be me. So oh, nice. That's, a, that's another one, and there's lots of little work in Star Wars, but no on camera yet. No Although I did a fan film uh, called Kenobi, and I played Legus, who was a bad guy, which was a lot of fun. Oh, super cool. Yeah. How did you like your on-camera experience, and would you like to do more of that? Uh, yeah, I actually have been doing a decent amount of that. I have a movie that I just wrote and directed Ooh. and produced. Uh, it's called Hidden Blessings. Nice. It'll be coming out. You can see it on my. Uh, you can see the trailer for it on my YouTube and my Instagram. And uh, check that out. Hopefully, that'll be out there soon. But yeah, I've been doing a lot more on-camera work as well. Nice. Uh, can you tell us more about your, your project that you have up there on YouTube? Well, sure. Uh, so the trailer is out there on YouTube, and it's called Hidden Blessings. And yeah. it's uh, it's shot as a documentary. It's about a character by the name of Gregory Davidson, who's a painter and is a bit of a recluse. Okay. And this young woman finds a painting that she's inherited that she's wondering if it's actually his. And he invites her to his house to do an interview with him. And he's never done interviews. And then she meets his family and it, some, you know, twists and turns and some exciting uh, dramatic things happen. But uh, it's a lot of fun and I hope people will check it out. I'm certainly going to check it out. Uh, James, thank you so much. If you could, before we wrap it up, let us know who you are, the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And let us know you're on Below the Belt Show, if you could. Okay, yes, it's James Arnold Taylor, the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And you're listening to Below the Belt. It's the Below the Belt Show. Nice. I love it. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye.